Welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, back with you back for another episode of Roach Coach. It's the beginning of 2024. That's right. It's the first episode of 2024, you guys. But here's a secret. Because we got to talk about this. We're recording it at the end of 2023. That's correct. Okay. And I'm only bringing this up because of what we are talking about today. We we're talking about an album that we did not anticipate talking about. That album is Linkin Park's final record, One More Light. And we are talking about it with our guest today, a gentleman who is rocking around the United States. He is. <laughs> Let's make sure we sound as old as fucking possible. Absolutely. This guy, I'm a lean. He, he picks up the git fiddle. He puts yes. it in his crank box and he yes. woofs out the sounds. He gets out there. He's rocking faces. And he's also, as we recently learned, a roach rider for life. For life. For life, everybody. There you go. Give it up, everybody. It's Will Anderson of Hotline TNT. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Will, thank you so much for coming on the show. To give everybody a little backstory who uh, did not know how this all came together, our buddy Aaron was listening to the uh, Joy Static. Was that the name? Joy Tactics. Joy Tactics podcast. And heard you mention the coach. Immediately was in my DMs letting us know. And we were just getting all excited. And then Matt... He's walking around with his physical copy of Cartwheel. You got it right there, Matt? Do you got it? Oh. Do you got it? Am I this corny? Fuck yes, I am. There he is. There he is. Oh, oh, I I live in the Detroit metro area. I went to Third Man. There it is. That's a swirl. Yeah. I think they're all gone now. All All the swirl vinyl is sold out as far as I know. Amazing. And so immediately we were like, let's hop into the DMs. Let's get Will on the show. And Will, I said, what do you want to talk about? I opened it up, and you said, you want to talk about a big band? And we're kind of running out of the big bands. We kind of blew through a lot of their discographies at this point. And we were going back and forth, and you said, Linkin Park, I need to talk about One More Light, the final Linkin Park record. And I said, all right, let's do it up. Let's do it up. And so we're putting this all together. We're scheduling. We're picking a date. We picked today. We're recording December 6th, 2023. And I go on my time hop this morning, and it tells me that on this date in 2016, December 6, 2016, Mike Shinoda tweeted, our next album is going to be so bad. I couldn't believe it that on that date, he said that about this album, the coincidence was too much to handle. I don't know. I, maybe I'm feeling it more than you guys are, but man, I was like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> no, I, when you sent me that tweet, I was like, you know, I first I didn't believe it was real, but you said this is real. Oh, yeah. This is a real tweet. Yeah. But do you know, I, I couldn't really find a way to search through his Twitter easily to get back to that date. Like, was there any other replies in there or like it, context? I re- as I recall it, it was like a lone tweet i think he might have even deleted it later like it was it seemed like he was probably just like fucking around like they're in the studio because i mean i went and i looked at the wikipedia for the time frame and they recorded from late 2015 to early 2017 on this album clearly this was the album he was making so i don't know if he was feeling some kind of way i just couldn't believe it i just did incredible coincidence all all told 
No, but uh, Will, I, I wanted to know a little bit. So you are, yeah, right now, yeah, as Matt mentioned, you're signed a third man. So you're best friends with Jack White. And you're touring Just with Quicksand. Two buds. Two buds. You're touring with Quicksand, which also, I mean, assume that means you're best friends with Walter. And so I, I just want to know, like, you are right now, you're in you're in the buzz bin, man, as they used to say. How's that feeling? How is touring? How is the life riding, riding through the country right now? Life is good right now. I think everyone's feeling pretty excited in the band right now. Yeah, there's a lot, lot everything you just said, I got to feel like I hit on everything, but... um. You know, we haven't actually met Jack White yet, believe it or not. It is his label, but like he's, as far as like signing bands to the label, he seems to be pretty hands off. I don't think he's really, he's kind of the, you know, I don't know if he's the puppet master, but he's, he's funding everything and pouring a lot of his fortune into the label, which is great. And like the pressing plan and all that stuff. But um, yeah. he's got A&R people that we, we know we have one A&R person that we've kind of interfaced with directly, but I've not. I've been on one meeting with him, no emails, no phone calls, nothing. Haven't talked to Jack yet, but maybe we'll get there now that, now that we're kind of launched into the stratosphere. Officially now, you also have the Roach Coach bump. You also exactly. Have- now that yeah. Joy Tactics and the coach are kind of the one-two punch, he'll, he'll probably t- pay attention now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yes. As for Walter, I mean, he was super friendly and like hanging out with us on the tour, and I didn't know him at all before this, and he's, I'd say he's... We're entering the friend world with him. We also hung out with um, Sergio from formerly of the Deftones. Oh, wow. Okay. He was super cool. He wore, he wore a Hotline t- hoodie for like the second half of the dates every night. So that was cool on stage. Wow. Look at that. Look at that. Pretty cool. That is, that is awesome. With your album, Cartwheel, which I have listened to and very much enjoyed, which I see is strangest genre tag on Wikipedia, shoegaze power pop. How do you feel about that label on Wikipedia? I like that that label. Yeah, some of the info on that page is out of date already. Like, I don't know who wrote it because it came up. I think once the Pitchfork review drops, all of a sudden there's a Wikipedia page. But uh, yeah, I like I like Shoegaze and Power Pop for us for this band. I think it fits. I think it works. Is there any new metal influence? Do you I would say mm-hmm. I would say yes. You know, as you guys know pretty well, and as I'm sure you've talked about, like it's historically kind of a dirty dirty word dirty phrase like people are kind of ashamed of it i'm not i still listen to new metal all the time like monthly basis if not more and that's what i grew up on so i'm not i'm not embarrassed about it but i think it's still going to take a few more years for like mainstream music publications to non-ironically assign that to, to new serious bands or whatever absolutely well i think this summer is going to be a big sea change with uh, limp biscuits loserville tour i think this is really going to move it that needle a few, right over yeah we're moving the needle a few people texted me as soon as those dates dropped um including our booking agent yeah. it's funny actually a quick quick story right before this tour i was in new york and like third man has kind of put up these new posters for the cartwheel campaign like all around town and I was I was in the UK when those went up, so I was getting people texting me in New York, like, "Dude, there's cartwheel posters everywhere," and I was like, "Oh, they're not going to be there by the time I get home." But as fate would have it, I had to change my plans, and I came home earlier than I thought. And I was like, "Oh, maybe I can get them right before they um, take them down." So I went down to um, Manhattan, this one location I knew they were at, which was John's of Twelfth Street. I don't know if you guys have ever no. an Italian restaurant. It's kind of like a classic place you go, like take your family if they're in town like it's a nice little italian restaurant um anyway 
there was posters up there and I was like, I, I was by myself and I was like, I got to get a picture with the, uh, the cartwheel posters before they go down. So I just asked this guy who was walking by and I was like, can you take a picture of me? And he was like, yeah, I can take a picture. And I was like, I was being really corny. I was like, yeah, it's my band. It's not a big deal, you know? And he was like, oh, cool. You're in a band. Like, what's it, what's it like? And I was like, eh, it's like a shoegaze power pop band. And he was like, oh, my, my best friend's actually in a band. He's on tour right now. And I was like, oh, who's your, who's your best friend? And he was like, this guy Fred Durst. And I was like, shut up, dude. <laughs> he said he, he said he was Fred's best friend. And he was like, he just got off tour with them for a few days. But they're in Japan right now, whatever. And I was like, please put put Hotline on to Fred. Please. I'm, you have no idea how big of a fan I am. Um, wow. That's amazing. That's been, amazing. He could have been capping, but for some reason, I believed him. Wow. Well, well, you know, last I checked, Wes follows us on Instagram. So okay. we're going to put this up because we're just we're just trying to listen. I talked to Wes on the phone for five minutes and he was super nice. Wes is the reason I play guitar. Wes is the reason this album came out. He, he started it all for me. There, so. there you go. Love it. D- listen, you put yeah. that in all the promo moving forward. You're like, listen, Jack White, thank you. I'm on your label. But let's talk about Wes. Dude, I'm trying. I've been trying. But third man's like, don't talk about that. I'm like. <laughs> Guys, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Wes is the reason I'm here. <laughs> I love it. But, uh, ah, well, let's talk about the reason you are here tonight. And that is Linkin sure. Park's last album, One More Light. You picked this album and you said that you've been listening to this album for years. You've been playing this album for people for years. And for the show and people that listen to the show for a long time know, like we tend to go in sequential order. We, we are skipping three Linkin Park records to get to this one. And I will tell you that when I was listening to this one, I immediately had to go to back to the one before it just to know what was going on with the boys that made this happen. And I really, you know what? I still don't know. It, it, it got more mysterious when I went back. It got more mysterious when I went back to the album before this one, The Hunting Party uh, from 20, yep. 2014, I believe. But this record here. Well, let me jump in here because yeah. I, I was going to say, like, if you went back to The Hunting Party, you know more than I do because I really pretty much went. Hybrid Theory, Meteora, Blank, One More Light. Oh, That's okay. I mean, I know, um, what's it called? Uh, Reanimation, is that? That's the remix album in between uh, right. Hybrid so Theory I'm, and Meteora, yeah. I'm hip to that one. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, we'll talk about this later, I'm sure. But Meteora, I came too late as well. Oh. I was completely obsessed with Hybrid Theory. They were like my favorite band for like middle school. And then... By high school, I heard about the white stripes and the strokes, and that was it. And I was I was done pretty much. But that happens. That happens. Yeah. My my question was going to be your history with the band. So perfect. You 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 were on it. I will say that for me and Lincoln Park, it really was. I went all the way up to Minutes to Midnight, which we've done on the show, and then I was kind of like, I don't know what these boys are doing. And they did a thousand suns, which I know I listened to, but I have no memory of how any of that went. And then there's a record called Living Things which I have no, no memory of. I don't know anything about that record. And then Hunting Party, I'm pretty sure I listened to when it came out just because I was like curious. But when I did a re-listen a week ago, it was brand new beginning to end. Yeah. The most baffling thing about that record is that there's a song that says featuring Tom Morello that has zero guitar on it. Like it's just like a little, like it's like a quiet cello sound. Like I'm like, I thought he was going to sing at one point. I'm like 30 seconds left of the song. Nothing's happened. No 
wow, wow, coming in. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what Tom did on that one. It was truly baffling. Interesting. Yeah. And then this one, yeah, this one, I knew I had listened to it when it came out because I'd heard the buzz and the buzz was bad. And uh, I just kind of listened to it once, didn't enjoy it, put it aside. So when you said, let's drive back in, I was like, we'll see. And I got to tell you, this this album was a fucking journey. Matt, history with the park. I don't know a thing about this record. So, Will, to to bring you up to the speed on everything, uh, me and this show, is that I'm I'm older than everybody, so I'm 46. And when new Metal was hitting hard, I was in college, and it was kind of like not my thing. Even though I watched TRL every day, and I saw Corn and I saw Limp Bizkit, and Orgy, and... Deftones, not as much on TRL. Um, it was always, it's just kind of like those three bands and then Alien Ant Farm would come in and then it was just all the, all the real pop bands. And I would be like, okay, this is great. Like, but I was like, oh, I'm, I'm way too cool to listen to this. I love Radiohead. You know, they're the greatest band that's ever existed. And although I really like Radiohead now, I, I probably wouldn't make that fight anymore. Anyway, I missed all of this. So like I'm very much coming to this record with with uh, fresh ears because Hybrid Theory to me was like baby's first metal band. It was like they hit and it was like every kid that I knew loved them. And it was like, this is it. And I was like, okay, well then just on principle, I'm too old to like this. So and now I'm just like, yeah, but it's great. What are what's my problem? Like get out of your own way. It's really, really awesome. So I mean, yeah, if if we're going to talk about the intro a little bit more, like, um, and I don't know, Mike, do you feel like you want to join us? Mike's, Mike plays drums in the band, and he's also a big Linkin Park fan. Hey, Mike. First time I came across Linkin Park was the Crawling in the Dark video, I think on CRL. And it was like they were pretty much engineered in a lab, like, for my age yeah. and gender and just, like, whatever. As they were, this is the coolest thing in the world. I've never heard anything like it. I was into Limp Bizkit, but like Lincoln Park was in my at that time. I thought it was like five times better. It was just yeah. like for me, Lincoln Park was was much better than Limp Bizkit. They were so smooth and like polished and just yeah, more palatable. I think than Limp Bizkit. Like to me, Corn was like a little bit too scary at the time. Limp Bizkit was a little bit more goofy, but then Lincoln Park was kind of in between the two. I mean, it wasn't goofy at all, but it was like. Well, it's the it was like the perfect two headed snake. It's like you had Chester and then you had Mike. It was like Mike was rapping yeah. and kind of doing that thing. So like if you were looking for that, he got it. But then Chester's fucking voice is undeniable. Like once he yeah. hits anything, you're like, okay, he's good. He's a really good singer. <laughs> they were kind of like they were moody. They were emo. Uh, obviously, like dark, but like just not not as like scary and frightening as Corn was for me at the time. But. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And no, like you said, them being like a two-headed snake, like being a kid who liked, you know, rap music when I was young and also liking, you know, Guns N' Roses and Black Sabbath and bands like that. Uh, Linkin Park was kind of like the perfect blend. Yeah. Those two styles, you know. So anyway, yeah, I saw the Crawling in the Dark video and then I like, I said, Dad, we got to go to Best Buy like right now, like yesterday. And Hybrid Theory was there. I like... (laughs) I bought it and like we drove home like 30 minutes to my hometown and I was like, can we listen to it? And he was like, no, we're not listening to it in the car. <laughs> and I like, showed him the back of the CD. And I was like, but look at how cool they look. And he was like, they do look really cool, but we're not going to listen to it. In the car. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah I, I had uh, 
both CDs as well. Yeah. Of course. But yeah, what I was going to say is like, I, by the time that took a little bit too long, in my opinion, for Meteora to drop for that, for how old I was. Because by the time Meteora dropped, it was what, 2003? 2003. 2003. I was already into garage rock and like the hives. Like I was too cool for it by that time. So I was in college when Meteora dropped and I was thick in the white stripes, the strokes, all those guys. And yet I remember hearing faint and going, these boys still got it. They still know what they're doing. Know how to write a song. Yeah. Well, I listened to your episode about Meteora today because I wanted to go back and kind of remember the format of the show. I think what you said in the beginning is very true. It's like, it sounds like hybrid theory, like part two, pretty much. Every If I had heard it when I was really into Linkin Park, it would have been like the best thing. It's just as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. I do find that now I kind of prefer Meteora because it feels, yeah, it just feels like they just got rid of all the chunks and made it all. Just I think so. Too. Yeah. I think I'm I'm sentimentally still attached to hybrid, but like the riffs are probably a little better on Meteora. There's like one riff, um it's track three or four. It's it's like the one that's like Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just to me like the best, most ignorant Lincoln Park riff of their whole discography. Well, the three albums I know. Lying from you? Yeah, I think so. We got Matt and Halen in here too, who are also big fans. Feel free to, if you have something to say, pop over and chime in. Matt, were you into Meteora right when it came out too? Yeah, okay. I preferred Meteora. Yeah, same. Everyone preferred Meteora. Yeah, same. Everyone in the band, I guess. Okay, there we go. You got, do you guys have intro music when you play live, when you walk out? Do you play anything to like... Are you dropping faint? You just Are you dropping play faint? Because I'm telling you, hit faint. <laughs> do you have, I think there's... That's a good idea. It's kind of like, it's not direct new metal influence on like our set but like we play like um the wii and the playstation startup music mm. before we play which is kind of i feel like adjacent for the era it's kind of like mm. a throwback to like oh yeah adolescent video game shit yeah so we do have some weird stuff like that well we do have um one of the we have a sampler which we use for like in between songs and there's like a i have like a appropriated 12 rods loop which is one of our little i don't know if you know 12 rods but they're We'll talk about them later. Okay. But yeah. We could, we could definitely get some faint. Well, let's let's talk about One More Light. Uh yeah. a record that was released on May 19th, 2017. This is and we just got to talk about it because it really does go into understanding this record. It is the final record that they made before Chester Bennington took his life and it is it colors the entire way that this record it, even the way I listen to it. I can say that I did my three listens and on listen one, I was in my car and my reaction to this album was what the fuck? Like truly. Well, I listened to, I listened to it while making dinner and I was still like, this is, what are we doing here? What do we have? What's happening here? Listen three with notes, reading lyrics, reading articles. I'm like, this is the heartfelt epitaph. This man is speaking to us about all these things in his life. And I'm like, oh no, what do I do? What do I do with this record? At the same time, all three listens, even the third listen, a baffling, baffling album. Yes. It was produced by Brad Delson and Mike Shinoda. <laughs> Mike Shinoda has primary songwriting credit on just about every single song. I feel like this is another thing. If things had gone differently, if Chester was still with us, and this was just one other album in the cycle, in the career, 
I think it would be a blip and they'd be talking about it differently. But because it's now the last one, it's everything is colored different. Everything is is weird around this record now. So I, I wanted to ask you, so you said you picked this record because you've been playing it for people in the car, in the van for years. What's yeah. the story? Story is my, my intro to this album was I was working at a record store in Minneapolis. And for some reason, this record store was really... I mean, by this time, what I think I was working there in like 2018, most indie record stores have gone all vinyl at this point, but this store still had like 50% CDs and 50% vinyl. So there was a lot of people coming in and flipping CDs and I took a lot of them home just so that was like a fun way to like check out records I hadn't heard before. I came across this Linkin Park CD, which I was like, (laughs) what happened to Linkin Park? How did they end up here? What was their last album like? I hadn't kept, like I said, I hadn't kept up even since Meteora. I came to that later, but then I was like, let's let's check out this last Linkin Park album. And I put it on at home. Probably had a similar reaction that you just did, you described. And I was just like, what happened? How did they get to this point? There's like no guitars on the entire album. I mean, they were like such an awesome, heavy new metal band. The guitar production is amazing on those first two records. And then it's just like, to me, it sounds like a lighter version of Owl City. Like that's that's the line, the final Lincoln Park album. Yeah, I had uh, sent some songs to a couple people and said, "Can you believe this is Lincoln Park?" And yeah, people said Owl City. People said Imagine Dragons. I caught a little bit of the 1975 on a, on one song, and I love the 1975. And I was like, "This this shouldn't be here. This shouldn't be here." I we love the 1975 too. Uh, yeah, and uh, and then I saw a couple people compare it to 21 Pilots, but I don't really hear. I didn't really hear that, but I'm not too familiar with them. I'm not really. Too I wasn't either. We we actually played a song by them in the van today because I was like, don't know what they sound like, and I I heard it a little bit. I mean, they're just. It seemed like. I mean, I read the Wikipedia for One More Light as well. And like Chester was like openly lashing out at the people like criticizing the album and stuff like that. He he was very mad. I had remembered that quote because we actually I think joked about it a little bit on the pod back in the day. We were like Chester, take it easy, you know. And I think you know Corey Taylor came back. But the most interesting quote that I found in the wiki uh, was actually from Brad Delson, which is I wound up putting a lot of guitar on this album. There's a lot of layers and a lot of different guitars. The guitar work is nuanced and complementary to all the other elements. I find guitar to be a dominant ingredient in any soup. The minute I put loud, heavy guitars into any arrangement, I feel like it is a heavy color. And he goes on and on. This soup metaphor, totally bad. I think he just, I think he just went off the rails. And then no one said, just just keep. He just got trapped in his own metaphor, so he had to keep it. I would consider keyboards to be. The rue of a good stock, uh, and when you drum, it it's a mirepoix, a real mirepoix. Like there's there's no guitar or something. There's like the acoustic guitar on the last song. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's like no guitar on this album that I can hear. Is it your first listen today for both of you guys? It's my first full listen. Yeah, I've heard tracks. Yeah, yeah. Like listening to this, there was a brief moment, Will, where I was like. Is Will trolling me to make me listen to this well, album? <laughs> so what I was the other part that you brought up was like the reason I've been playing this for people for years is because um I mean I also I wanted to go back to listen to your podcast today to see if it's like okay to talk shit about these bands that I we love. Like mm-hmm. Lincoln Park, I hope you guys know I'm a huge fan, but like this album sucks ass. <laughs> um, and like I just like 
I was playing it for people to be like, dude, look at this. Like, this is insane. What happened? Like, you know, kind of the, not to make fun of it, but just to be like, it's, it's entertaining in a very strange way to know this is a Linkin Park album. And it's very weird to go through the promo cycle. But then, like I said, I went back to the hunting party. And the hunting party's promo was Mike Shinoda and Chester saying, what happened to rock? You can't find it anymore. We got to get together a hunting party and find it. And I was like, and then immediately your next record, you're like, listen, got to get Pusha T. Got to lose all the guitars. We're going to have Delson put them in a soup and you're not going to be able to hear them. Well, I think the Pusha T thing is that wouldn't have thrown me too much because they have, you know, yeah, there's right. a rap element. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I think it's kind of cool. They got Pusha. Yeah. They got the Jay-Z collab. Yeah. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not too crazy. It, I guess, I guess what it is, is that it very much felt like a really, like, I don't know, like when Pusha T showed up on this album, I felt like. And we've talked about this in the past when we've done Collision Course and everything about how Shinoda's got like a line that he can't like he's got a skill level and there's a ceiling. And, yep. you know, working with Jay Z, working with I think Rakim's on one of the records. Yeah, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Rakim. They they called Rakim in. Uh and it's can one you, of those Can you just do paid in full and I'll mimic it behind you? Was that the deal? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But it is one of those things where it's like when when he brings those people in, it's like Shinoda either has to like step it up or just get out of the way. And what Shinoda ends up doing on the song with Pusha T, I think is objectively hilarious. Um, and we will, we will get to it. Um, I just want to say I have a physical copy of this album. I did not buy it. I went to my local library and checked it out of the library. Because after doing one listen, I was like, I do not need to own this for the collection. So yeah, just I, I have I have a copy. You have your own. I, there you go. I got it from the record store. I worked at. I didn't pay my own money for it. Oh, okay. So. Can we talk about this album cover for a minute? Sure. Because I just taking a look at it and thinking about Lincoln Park, Boys on a Beach, isn't what I would think of. Like this feels like I'm going to leave the band for a minute. I'm going to do my side project. Uh, Because I'm really into surf music and or like really calm, uh, you know, like I want to do a Beach Boys type thing. I don't know. This does not feel like a Linkin Park album cover to me. Like almost everything up until this point has been either the band or something that looks a little more. I'm getting the odd feelings now. I'm experiencing this. This is new eyes and I'm seeing this and I'm going. It looks like this Linkin Park album sounds, I would say, more so than anything. But um, it doesn't, yeah. Since, you know, the music is so radically different, I think it's it makes sense for that, but it doesn't look like anything else they've done before. Yeah, th- throw oh. a few swirls on that, and it's Animal Collective album cover. Like, that's... Totally. Like, Honestly, just... my first thought when I look at this is, like, washed out, chill wave. Yeah, chill wave. Mm. Yeah, that's what I think. I saw the, the Wikipedia for it. it was, it's one of their family friends' kids or something. It's, like, just a photo from their life yeah which is very sweet and very nice but listen you guys you put the reanimation guy you had shinoda with the spray can that's what we want hunting party's got a guy with a bow and arrow hunting so is the hunting party more traditional lincoln park it is going through the wiki the wiki refers to it as their return to new metal on my one listen it felt like the guitars were not down tuned enough for me to really Mm. give it that it's definitely heavy, but it also 
on one listen, I would say they, it still felt a little out of gas. I, I did think while listening to it, oh, we should do this on the show. <laughs> so, yeah. But then I'm like, I, I didn't go back to Living Things. I just didn't have I didn't have the time. I, I was like, I, it's enough Linkin Park. <laughs> this one on its own. We'll say, who is in Linkin Park on this album? We always, we always need to mention who that is. Um, so, uh, the personnel on this record, uh, Chester Bennington, lead vocals, backing vocals, Rob Borden, drums, backing vocals, Brad Delson, guitar, so he says, also soup. Uh, backing <laughs> vocals production. Dave Phoenix Farrell, bass backing vocals. Joe Hahn, samples programming backing vocals, creative direction. And then um, everybody just just take a seat for a minute because I got to go through all of Shinoda's. Mike Shinoda, keyboard, backing vocals, rap vocals, lead vocals, creative direction, engineering, photography, production. Does it all. Shinoda is getting points, okay? Shinoda nom, is nom, nom, give you the points. Give them points. Give them points. Now, I want to go back real quick to Cartwheel. Will, you are also the producer and the guy. that You're listed as producer on the Wikipedia. Am I? You are. On the, for Cartwheel? Yes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself the – I mean, I'm the only one that was on the whole album because I had multiple engineers working on it. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess you could say I'm the producer because I I did all the decision making at the end of the day. But I'm let's I'm kind of the Mike Shinoda of is that that is that's exactly where I was going. going. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. <laughs> but I'm also the Han, you know. Mm, I'm also the Han. Mm. So that's another thing. This album does not have any songs where a voice goes Mister Han and then scratching happens for three minutes. Come on, uh, it's, it's not Lincoln Park. It's really not. Uh, but I think I think really. We need to dive into these tracks. Let's do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the first song on this album is called Nobody Can Save Me. Bring it down. We're gonna talk about John three sixteen for a second. I'm gonna look out there at everybody. I need you to I need you to hold on for a second. Wow, this is way more praise and worship than I was expecting. Is there a chorus that's coming up? Yeah. All right. It's very worship filled. Huge, huge. I was like, whoa. Um, by the way, this is Richmond. He's our tour manager. He, I made him listen to the album today while he was driving us to St. Louis. Um, Full and, thing through, yeah. yeah. All, all 10 tracks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet you're very excited to double down right now. <laughs> I want to hear more. I want to hear more. Yeah. <laughs> Running that back. Yeah. Run, Run it back. back. 
But yeah, I mean, this is such a crazy first song. It's just like right off the bat, it's just like this is this is a not your daddy's Lincoln Park. No way. Yeah, I honestly, when I think of it now, that you are playing this for people who have no idea. Part of the thrill is them going stop. What? Yes. What's going definitely. on? What is this? Have, what is this soup you're serving me? A lot of people have told me, please turn this off. I don't want to hear this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Including Matt, who's he was in here for a second. He's like, I'm going AirPods mode. I, I can't do he's this. He's out. He's out. And he's probably the biggest Lincoln Park fan of all of us. So wow. Borderline on this. It's, it's on this it is listenable huh? because I've listened to it many times. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of like how I listen. You know, Mike. Um, Wilson, our friend in Minneapolis, he's like the biggest Goo Goo Dolls fan I've ever met. And he's oh, talks wow. about how like he's had to force feed himself the last few Goo Goo Dolls albums. And that's kind of how I feel about this one. I just like kind of keep going back to it. It's like a, a little bit sadistic, but it's like something you have to work through. Yeah. I got to take care of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating album. Like I got to take my medicine. I'm going to go back and listen to that Linkin Park. I wrote in my notes that the finger snaps really yep. i was like what are, finger snaps what are we doing here yep. and i was going through a lot of the uh comments and song meanings.com of which there are many and everyone's like chester is speaking to us chester this is chester's final will and testament um i have some bad news for everybody he didn't write this song he didn't write most of the songs in this album wow yes okay these are shinoda lyrics largely um i gotta ask you when we get to a certain song i want to ask you about that we'll come back to it mm-hmm. but i did not know that yeah yeah that was that was the thing that was most interesting was that yeah it's it's mostly shinoda and it seems like there were a couple records that chester comes in late like they're deep into production and then they're like chester rolls in and he's like what you guys got cooking what's going on oh this is what we're doing this time okay like it seemed like his creative input was like minimal minimal or largely on the back end and they were kind of just like this is what you do not in a bad way necessarily but it was interesting considering that when you consider what he was as a you know figurehead for the band i mean we shinoda was never like quiet about the fact that he was like kind of running the show but really going through this it seems like and especially the wikipedia reading about this the hunting party shinoda's running it chester's coming in late in to fill in so i also wrote that this is shockingly one of the better ones on the album so if you think this is real bad <laughs> buckle the fuck up um, also interesting too that uh knowing that chester's involvement might have been less let's say less than 50 percent if it isn't well i mean brad produced it right but anyway mm-hmm. let's say less than 33 percent if it's the, the trio right but then him so fiercely defending it to the press too it's kind of interesting that way well but. company man he's saying something about my band well it's yeah it's true so matt any other thoughts on your new favorite song well it was a journey for sure when i when i heard it coming i was like this is a straight ahead pop song and, and with a heavy praise and worship feel that that surprised me immensely because i was not expecting it at all like even knowing that this was coming, that it was going to be something way different um, in, in the whole lead up. I don't know if there was anything that could prepare me for, oh, it's just going to be a, a kind of a soft handed pop song, which I don't. If you put another cover on it, put it something over there and you put it on a mix in the background, I'd be like, yeah, this is this is fine. But being like, oh, this is Linkin Park, you know, the guys who wrote Faint. Then I'm like, 
what the fuck is happening? And um, I, I'm I'm interested to see what happens next. Yeah. All right, Matt. Well, you're about to be in for it because Mike Shinoda is about to come at the haters on Good Goodbye featuring Pusha T and Stormzy. So say goodbye and eat the road Pack it up and disappear You better have some place to go Cause you can't come back around here Good goodbye Live from the rhythm, it's something wild, venomous Enemies trying to read me, you're all looking highly illiterate Forgetting if I'm in the mix of right? an equivalent. Was that? Yeah. That is Shinoda, yes. right? Yep. You idiot. And it makes you so mad. Somebody else could be stepping in front of you. And it makes you so mad that you're not the only one. There's more than one of you. Trust me, and you can't understand the fact that it's over and done. Hope yeah. you have fun. You got a lot to discuss on um. the bus headed back where you're from. So say yeah. goodbye and eat the road. Hit that course, man. Get him up, get him up. Yeah, yeah, we're downstairs. Mm. Yeah, I feel like we're all kind of we're kind of grooving as a joke, but we're also kind of grooving for real. You know what? It's true. And with a line like "You won't find an equivalent," I've been here killing it longer than you've been alive, you idiot. <laughs> we're floored. We're done. Yeah. You can't come back from that. Well, we we do need to get a little clip of Pusha, I think. Okay. Yeah. Do you know where that is, Lauren, or is I, that it's, just it's, next? It's, it's right after, yeah, it's right after this verse. Yeah. Right after this third verse. Goodbye, good riddance. A period is after every sentence. Did my time with my cellmate. Maxed out, so now we finished. Every day was like a hell day. Every night was like a hell I mean, storm. Took a bat to my tenant window. Showing now she ain't ready. I think Pusha T is obviously an amazing rapper, oh, yeah. but it doesn't it doesn't really make sense to me on this track. Right. Like pushing coke, doing time, watch my brother crying lines, everybody dying around me. <laughs> Lift your fucking hands up. If you believe yeah. me, dude. It's still even even Soul in this clap. weird mutated, mutated version of Lincoln Park, it's still an odd pairing to me. It's very weird. Then the Stormzy bit comes in at the end. That okay, there is two rappers. Yeah, two okay. rappers. Um, and and I would say that uh, I wrote what a notes. diss to Shinoda. There, there's two rappers on this track. Three. Oh shit, there's three. There's three. two guest rappers. You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> He's been killing it longer than you've been alive. I love that line. First time I yeah. heard it in my car, I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. all right. I wrote in my notes that. Uh, I've been living with this album for two weeks, so I might have slight Stockholm Syndrome and enjoying this song a bit. And there's a lot of interesting interpretations on songmeanings.com that are very long. No one wrote anything short when it came to this record. And some of these are pre-Chester dying, so people were already in there. Um, This one is from One More Light. They actually named themselves after the album to create an account and say this. I assume that this song is a message to LP's fans. Well, not their fans, but the people who complain about Linkin Park not being the same anymore. I've seen lots and lots and lots of people complain because of their new songs. People say that they turn into a 
pop shit band, which is so not the case in my opinion. As Chester once said, creativity is too big to be put in a box. And uh, they go on and on. They, they write a lot of stuff, a lot about this. I love all the various metaphors that people have been throwing around, both in and out of the band, putting creativity in a box. This album is soup. Uh, and it's full of soup of guitars that you cannot hear. <laughs> the guitars and, uh, of the mind. Yeah. And then someone did respond and they said, while this is true, you're making a lot of good points. The record's completely fucking different from everything else they've done. So we aren't wrong. <laughs> Will, your other thoughts on Good Goodbye? Basically what I said before, it's it's kind of like a flex to get a huge... I mean, I think Pusha T was already a pretty huge rapper at the time, so... I mean, I mean nothing's ever going to top having Jay-Z at kind of the peak of his power, but this is... In 2016, I mean, Pusha was already kind of going back and forth with Kanye, I think? Yes. Or maybe it was a little before that, so... It was probably a big deal to get him on the record, but especially that late in Lincoln Park's career. But this song is not very good. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't really enjoy it. Matt, you you seem ready to spit there. Oh, um, yeah. You were feeling that beat. Yeah, that's uh, that was perfect. Like I said, I was, after this many listens, I am kind of like, this does feel comfortable to me to kind of like mm-hmm. group to a little bit. Uh, I want to know in all of your fandom, Will, with this album, have you familiarized yourself with the music videos for this album? I have not I have not seen the music videos. Well, you are missing out on the dumbest music video that Linkin Park <laughs> has ever made. I will say that it's very interesting to look at. They made two music videos in the lead up. This and and Heavy. Then Chester passes and then they make two videos that sort of like are reflecting on the fact that Chester's no wow. longer with us. And it is one of those things where I wonder what's what happens to this album if Chester doesn't die. Because this this video, for one, and we have not talked about this, this was about to be Linkin Park's wide brim hat era. Okay? Oh, yeah. If you look up the promo photos, Linkin Park has got those big wide brims. And it's so, and they're trading the hats. In some pictures, Mr. Han's got the wide brim hat on. And Chester's got like a little bit of a pork pie. And then in other ones, Shinoda's got the wide brim. He took it from mr han he said no it's my turn with the hat and i'm like yeah. oh we we kind of that's another thing we lost we lost this goofy hat era did phoenix have I headphone like... holes in his wide brim hat oh you're thinking of delson oh and brad had the headphones De- delson's headphones okay. and i wasn't gonna bring that up too because that was just iconic for me had the guitar player with the headphones have, have you thought about adding that to, to Hotline? Um, we've thought about it, but so far, no no. Changes. <laughs> Let's talk about this Good Goodbye music video. On a Facebook okay. chat on April 2nd, 2017, Mike Shinoda announced that they were working on a new video and said that it is not super silly, but it's still not very serious, commenting that it was a change of pace for the band. And then they, they got everybody to fly out. Pusha T, Stormzy. Chester, Mike Shinoda is there too. Nobody else though. They didn't fly out Mr. Han. <laughs> He's not in the video. None of the other guys. But honestly, they're not on the song. You can't hear him. Delson's making soup. Yeah. Is there? There's no way to like screen share the video, can you? I can. Yep. While Matt pulls that up, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it. It features NBA oh. legend and former basketball player Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, with video game inspired visuals which has Chester, who has to score points in a basketball dunk contest to save his life, while Abdul-Jabbar plays as judge, keeping score. The video's intercut 
with Best Bennington, Shinoda, Pusha T, and Stormzy performing their verses. In an episode of the Ballin' Out podcast, Bennington said, In keeping with the theme of basketball, the video we shot features, in my opinion, the greatest player of all time is the emperor of a dunk contest to the deaths in which I have to go up against round after round of dunking on dudes to save my life. I think we're kind of known for our more serious stuff, but this is a fun distraction from being so serious all the time. And indeed, as you can see here, this is, uh, there's the hats. We've got the hats going on. (laughs) Chester is doing NBA Jam slams uh, against uh, a variety of opponents. Mean mugging. Here's Shinoda. Definitely mean mugging. He's rap hands telling you he's been doing it longer than you've been alive, you idiot. Uh, Okay, here we got this guy. Let's see what type of dunk he uses. He's got a skull mask. All right, he's got some air. Pretty good dunk. Wow. Pretty good dunk. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's yeah, not, the, the, it's not good enough the, for Kareem. No. And Kareem is going to kill him. As you will see. <laughs> There's the hand clap. Right now. Yep. Big axe. Incinerated. Fatality. <laughs> yes, you guys. Truly, it is kind of a silly video. Yeah, you just bounce the ball. Like I watched this video mouth agape. I just could not wrap my head around it. I was trying to imagine the pitch, like someone getting in the room and saying, I heard your song, good goodbye, talking to the haters, and I really think Mortal Kombat dunk contest is what this song needs. Well, it's interesting. I'm going to tie this into my own band a little bit too because yeah. I don't know if you, you knew I'm a massive NBA fan. Okay. I run an NBA fanzine, which is kind of tied to Hotline TNT. And I'm just kind of disappointed in myself. I didn't even know about this video because this is this is in my wheelhouse for sure. It is. Now, when you're seeing all these hats, are you thinking about incorporating any of these wide brim hats into your repertoire? No. That's I, I think even baseball caps on a modern, like a 2023 rock band is it's pushing it. Like I just, I don't like it. I, I do it sometimes. I don't like it though. Yeah, you know, I was a big hat guy in my 20s. And then at a yeah. certain point, I was like, nope, I'm done. And uh, But, I mean, these guys, I mean, they're this, they were this many albums deep. Somebody was just like, it's time, guys. It's time to well, wipe they're pulling, them They're pulling a lot of different – to me, the hats are screaming fleet boxes. That's what they're kind of mm, trying to yeah. bring that in to their um, their wardrobe. Yeah. No, it's, not, it's not really offensive because it's just typical for, I think, that age of trying to be – a new metal band, you know, it's just mm-hmm. how are we going to stay relevant or I, I don't know what, but this is, and that guy's yeah. head gets blown off there because he dunked badly. Yeah. This is also on brand. I'm sure you've talked about this in the podcast before, but I haven't heard it. This is on brand for Chester as a alumni of the saw franchise. I feel like this is, you, you know, he's in those movies, right? Wait, Chester's in saw. Chester's in one of the saw movies. Oh, I, I've been, so I've been, we were talking about this recently. I don't know if you heard the episode, but a friend of mine, my friend Megan is obsessed with the Saw movies and I stopped after three and she told me that I needed to get familiar because in the film Spiral, um, which is uh, an offshoot directed, uh, not starring Chris Rock. Uh, Chris Rock is very sexy in that movie, I've been told. Yes. And I need to see sexy Chris Rock, but I also need to get into the mythos of Saw. So I've been re- I've been watching the Saws from the beginning. And I can say right now, I'm not remembering Chester in any of them. Well, you got to get to 3D, baby. I, that's, I think, yeah. the next one I have to watch. I'm sure you would clock it. If, oh, I mean, yeah. as a new I know, yeah, I, I know Chester is in um, 
Crank and Crank Two, yep. which are yeah. you know two, two Crank movies and one Saw movie. Okay, yeah. And I have I've never seen a full Saw movie, but I also I just love Jigsaw the character. What I can tell you in my journey with Jigsaw so far, because I'm I'm five deep. Oh no, I'm six deep. I'm six movies deep right now. And what I can tell you about him is he is absurd, very silly. These movies look like they are made with paste and drywall. That's all they got. Every yeah. set looks like if somebody leans wrong, it all falls down. And um, in six, he makes a very strong case for universal health care, which I thought was uh, very, yeah, it's basically him just torturing people, denying people insurance. But it is, he's, isn't he kind of like a, I'm going to teach society a lesson throughout all of this too that but the lessons at a certain point i'm like you're not teaching a lesson this you just want to burn this person's skin off like there's yeah. there's no lesson here i mean at a certain point also the time frame that he gives people there's not enough time to cut into your body to get the key out of your stomach there just isn't enough time and then they and then they get a bolt in their head anyway so he seemed you know, ultimately a little too sadistic for me the movies are very gross and i mean i haven't seen one yet that i'm like yeah that's objectively good i'm tolerating them as they go through also the lore is insane like everything jigsaw has been dead since three and yet he's still in the movies in flashbacks because the timeline's all over the place i think we're ready for the next one it's called talking to myself Guitars. 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 I heard them. Tell me what I've got to do. There's no getting through to you. Lights are on, but nobody's home. You say I can't understand, but you're not giving me a chance. When you leave me, where do you go? All the walls that you keep building, all this time that I spent chasing, That might be the closest we get to a Chester scream on this album. It's it, it might be. It might be the closest. And also I think it might happen once more, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But like it's pretty much gone. It, it sounds like he's been neutered a little bit. It's just like I need his scream and it's just not happening. No, no. I think uh but I think we can all get our ladles out because we got a little guitar in this suit. We got a little guitar. Finally. Finally. Um, there's a riff. There's a lick. There's a, there's a little it's something. definitely a lick. I mean, yeah. he he turned this one in, and then he's like, "See you guys in a month. See you guys for mixing. Yeah. Please I'm enjoy this back. track that soaked in guitars." <laughs> this one was uh, Delson with Shinoda co-writing with Ilse Juber and hitmaker J.R. Rodham. 
So it took four people to make this one. Producers on this, Shinoda Delson, J.R. Rodham, Baluki, and also Andrew Jackson, I assume, the former president. This song okay. is probably the best song on the album for me, just because it has guitar on it. And like you said, the closest that you have to a scream or a yell. I got conflicting things on when this music video was actually released because it says on Wikipedia that it was released literally the day that Chester died, like just wow. by a coincidence. And the video wow. had the video ends with a shot behind Chester's head of him like staring at a window because the whole video is just tour footage of like, what's it like to go on tour with Lincoln Park? It's a blast. It's a super fun time. They're having the greatest time of their life. They're trading hats. They're shooting basketballs. They're doing it all. And they're also rocking crowds. In your Lincoln Park fandom, did you ever get to see them live, Will? Never saw them live. <laughs> so, true story, before Chester passed, they had announced the tour, and I was threatening Jenny um, with going. I was like, we're going to go. And she was like, yeah. don't threaten me. And I was like, we're going. We're doing, we have to we do a podcast now about this music. We have to go see Lincoln yeah. Park if they come to town. Yeah, um, there's, there's a lot of new metal bands that are still on my list that I haven't seen. Um, I've seen some, but... Um, yeah, I'm like, I, I, I'm probably going to have to go to this Limp Bizkit tour. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not, it's never going to be like it was. It's never, I'm not, unfortunately, I can't go to Woodstock 99. I just want to see them before they're really done or, you know. Yeah. Have have you, so you've never seen Lincoln, Limp Bizkit at all? Never seen Biscuit or Lincoln Park. I've seen Slipknot, Corn, and Incubus is my first show I ever went to. Oh. And if they're considered new metal, it's another kind of a cusper. Right, but. yeah. I've seen Limp, Limp Bizkit once, so I'm in 2014, and they crushed. Like, they were yeah. super, super good. I've been living on Limp Bizkit live videos on YouTube for the past 10 years. The Lollapalooza set, I think, is incredible. And I recently watched a cam footage from one of the Tokyo shows. And honestly, cool. they did it. The boys did it. Well, here's it. what I wanted to say about this, actually. I'm glad we're talking about this. Mm -hmm. When you compare the final Linkin Park album, One More Light, to the most recent Limp Bizkit album, Still, Still Sucks. sucks. Yes. Still yep. Sucks. To me, that sounds like Limp Bizkit. That album could have come out right after Chocolate Starfish. Yeah. And it, to me, it's kind of fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Still. Oh, yeah. I, you know, that, that first guitar riff is like classic West. Just like, We've, we've talked about show. that riff. We now call it the riff. The riff. Yeah. It is the riff. It's the riff. I didn't know you guys talked about oh. it, but that is the riff. I heard that and I was just like, I'm back. This is awesome new metal, new metal you know? We've been talking about that riff, and then what we have found is that everyone has been ripping off that riff for the last two years since then. Someone mm. sent us, uh, I don't even remember the name, somebody sent us a band, and it was very clear that they were doing the riff. And then yeah. um, there was a recent filter song that it's very clear that they told this guy, Here's the riff, you do your version. We want and the out of like, style riff. We want the out of style riff. And he's like, Well, we've got the out of style riff at home here's what we got it's uh, crazy that people are still jockeying wes's swag to this day i mean oh, he's one of a kind and absolutely a lot of imitators but anyway mm -hmm. yeah it's just like lincoln park i feel like they could have just kept making more meteoras and hybrid theories and everyone would have been happy mm -hmm. and i get it i think it's cool they tried something else but like this didn't quite hit any marks of any kind um it's it's funny is that we we talked about a little bit about chester's sort of you know they were someone accused them of being sellouts which is mm -hmm. i think honestly 
an absurd thing to accuse Lincoln Park of. They have a diamond selling album. Like they did. Yeah. They did. They, think they, they were kind of right. yeah. industry. The first yeah. one was diamond. <laughs> yeah. The first one's diamond. So they can, they have like a blank check as far as I'm concerned to like do whatever they want. They make basically a smooth, you know, a better or more improved hybrid theory again with Meteora. And then they're like, what do we do? What do we do? We talked about, we did a minutes to midnight episode where it seemed like, okay, we want to be, you too. We want to be taken seriously. We want the Grammy. We want the album of the year Grammy. That's how I feel Minutes to Midnight sounds. But then after that one, they're like, let's get really experimental and weird with like electronics. But And like I said, I haven't listened to A Thousand Suns in literally probably since it came out. And I remember that one thinking it doesn't commit enough to being weird enough. And then it ends up just being kind of boring. And then they yeah. sort of float for a while. But it's like, like I said, Hunting Party. They're hunting for rock, and then they come out of that, and they're like, let's make this incredibly pop record that you can't hear any guitars and no one screams. It's such an odd move because they truly do have, like, a generational talent with Chester. Like, that we don't have another scream or anything that is really – he can do this in his sleep in my mind. Like, this is not a challenge for him to do this. And this song feels like – like a Rihanna wouldn't do this song, but we got it. So it's, it's ours now. Totally. Like, totally. I mean, I think a lot of the songs would, I could categorize that. Yeah. Way. It, it, which is just very odd to me because like I 2016, 2017, I'm trying to think of like the rock records that are out at that time. I mean, this is, this is like post arcade fire, post wolf parade. Mm-hmm. Post yeah. So you got, Black Party. yeah. Kendrick Lamar's "Damn," uh, LCD's "American Dream." Oh, by the way, which uh, Lincoln Park beat "Damn" in the the Billboard the, the week he came out? That's true. It did. Yep. it did. Which is also insane. Uh, Twenty seventeen is um, also the year of this is just for me. Death from Above, <laughs> outrages now. Um, That's like their comeback album or something. That was album three. So yeah, okay. the comeback record was twenty fourteen um interesting i didn't hear anything after the debut oh you haven't physical world it's an all-timer all-timer okay i'm telling you i love the first oh yeah but like the Um, the biggest rock record in this and just like mainstream rock not please don't send me your list is like mass seduction saint vincent like radio i'm talking about radio not like you were in this fucking cavern with me and like whatever this band that you're going to tell me in 2017 fans relax well, I mean, I don't, but even saint vincent is still just like people who read pitchfork read that i don't think it was it wasn't on the radio was i it? don't i don't think so i mean she was on ellen yeah for that record but I, I mean like parquet courts you know that kind yeah. of they were on Ellen, but i can't see them being on like rock radio yeah. on fm 93 point whatever i'm trying to see if what yeah notable... they're still gonna play that first they're still playing the first lincoln park record now yeah, that's that's what counts as modern rock 100%. radio. One hundred percent. Jay Z put out four forty four. Yep. Uh, Imagine Dragons put out Evolve. Katy Perry put out one of the worst albums ever in Witness. At the Drive-In reunited and put a record out. Incubus put out an album called Eight. Oh, Adele. So yeah, you weren't. You definitely weren't getting a lot of rock. They could have done a rock record and just been the only show in town. I don't feel like. Oh well, yeah, it's it's weird. It's like. Obviously, Lim Biscuit's album did not make a splash beyond us, right, right. people who listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. But we would have been pretty happy if Lincoln Park just kept being themselves. But well, I f- give, give them credit for trying something else, I guess. Right. But right, well, I mean, we, when you look at well, look at Corn. 
Corn's the one that I always think is is that Corn definitely had their fallow period, and we're in the you know the mix of it. And actually, by the time this episode comes out, we'll have just done an episode on Corn three. But they they you know they did a dubstep record. They were incorporating stuff. But then by the time 2018, 2019 rolls around, they do the nothing, and it's like Corn are fucking back. Like the nothing yep. is like you could stack that up. That's as good as that's as good as classic corn. So, haven't heard it. Haven't heard, haven't heard it. it. No. Nope. Get yourself into the nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Last I checked in with corn was like y'all want a single, which I thought was awesome. I love that song. Okay. But, All right. But that's the even late era corn. I don't feel like that's tail end of their prime. Yeah, that's 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 the tail end of the yeah uh, the what I guess we'd call the imperial era. Yeah. If you haven't heard the nothing, yeah, I'm just gonna be throwing okay. you Rex. Will I will, I will, I will definitely you know, and, check it out. And listen, your bandmates are gonna be thrilled to not listen to this album in the <laughs> band. They'll be like, Oh, cool, the nothing by corn? Thank you, yeah. Will. <laughs> no, I mean, we do still all to varying degrees like the classic new metal album. So I think if it was not something like this, it would it would go over better. Okay. So. Beautiful. All right. All right. Recommendation corner is over. Let's just roll right into the next one, Matt. It is called Battle Symphony. Oh, that's so bad. This song is the first one where I noticed like, the lyrics being just beyond cringe. It's just like so bad. And a long memory I've been searching for an answer Always just out of reach Blood on the floor Yeah! Like what what is he talking about it's just so it's extremely vulnerable but i still don't know what he's trying to say it's just like i guess he didn't write the song he didn't write the song and i when i heard this song i said this is somebody said listen guys you're getting placements for your songs but it's in like fast and furious trailers but you know where the money's really at olympics it's every four years this is olympics promo music Imagine this song over a, over Bob Costas going, "Welcome back, the Olympics here in Atlanta, time trials." Not only <laughs> is, is it that it's let's meet Kenny Henderson from Louisville, Kentucky. He's a hardworking guy, but with a story that we've got to tell. Let's go to the reporter, and then at the end of the story, because he's beaten something that's immensely bad. This it's every ninja warrior. Uh, that comes in that has a cause this song can play fusing my armor back together I remember, every time i hear it i'm just like like the hair of my the back of my arm stands up not in a good way it's just like oh just don't don't say that please just, 
the the, really the cringe lyrics, the cliches that get thrown around in here where everyone was like, good enough, because we didn't even talk about it on the last song. The last song has the lyrics that I wrote down, lights on but nobody's home. That made it through all the drafts to get to <laughs> yes. us. The sky is falling. Like, I mean, yeah, and it gets worse. There's there's some one at the end where I was just like, what are we doing here? And uh, yeah, let me just double check the writing credit on this one. I mean, I know it's Shinoda. Um, this is this is Shinoda, Delson, and Green. I don't know who Green Jonathan Green, whoever Jonathan Green is. I'm confused, Lauren. Sure. This album, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, we're we're not too far into it. We're only like four tracks in. Are we in a put food on your family situation here that they had How- to make this record? Only if you are going to tell me that Linkin Park invested in like the Bernie Madoff scheme and they weren't making any money off the first two albums or something like they invested wrong. And that's why. But I looked through every Linkin Park record was a hit. Every Linkin Park records a platinum record. I think even this one is or maybe this one's at least gold, if not platinum. So I mean, it debuted number one, which is, you know, different time than when it mattered to debut number one. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so like this, this feels like a huge pop mainstream, like way mainstream pop swing and a miss. Swing Swing and a miss. miss. Definitely. Like, yeah, I don't know what else they were trying to do here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we'd have to look into their contract. Nuts and bolts. What's the word? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, No, you're right. The nuts and bolts of the the inner workings of, yeah, I believe this band was kind of an industry creation. I mean, I think. The band existed. They were called Hybrid Theory mm-hmm. originally, yeah. and I have the demos of that that band. And then the industry, someone they got a deal in the early late late nineties, and then they knew this guy Chester from Arizona, and they like this guy's the singer. And they, they, yes, does that, sound familiar that sounds familiar. I think that was something that we we researched early on, and I know that uh, Shinoda pushes back on the official origin of that that they are okay. like a creation and that they I'm were sure. like a band and that like chester came in and that it's like much more organic uh i like how you will you're like sure buddy <laughs> sure i mean that's that's probably part of it dude that's probably part of it <laughs> but um dude, if shinoda's listening i i believe you i i want to believe you i i want i want to talk about this i love your bands but that's just what i've heard through the years of poking around on the internet and just kind of yeah there's a book that someone put out a couple years ago that's like zero to park or something like that and it's like apparently like the full history in like a very like true way or the most truest breakdown in one place but i have not uh sought that out to read um get the roach Roach coach uh, book club should be let me tell you whenever we do the roach coach book club and I don't know, we don't we talk about this sometimes on the show. When we do the Roach Coach Book Club, which generally means we, we listen to an album and we read the book, is that by the end of it, Jenny and I would say to each other, Why did we fucking commit to reading a book and listening to an album? We're just we're literally texting each other, like, what page are you on? Are you almost done? We recorded with Matt in an hour. Ah So yeah. <laughs> that's the tough thing about doing the Roach Coach Book Club. But maybe maybe. And you know, Matt, I can't get you to read anything. I read so. I read the Max Cavalera book. You did. Yeah, but that was literally years ago. True, I couldn't get you. I couldn't get you to read the Mariah Carey book. No way. So, since we're on the topic of books, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm reading this in the van, in the tour van as we speak. Definitely would fit into this era. It's called New Millennium Boys with a Z at the end, and it's like it's a fictional work. Um, takes place like immediately post Columbine. It's about being 
a teenage boy in the early 2000s listening to new metal Marilyn Manson and Blink. it's just I mean I'm only about 50 pages in but um check already out. gets the wreck I like that all right I'm gonna look it up you're like it. Ah. I don't know if I want to give it a full throated recommendation yet because I'm still early but 50 pages I'm, in it's intriguing check out I'm intrigued I'm, not, I'm gonna finish it for sure I'm not very good at finishing books either so all right. Well, as we record this, I am so close. I'm so close. How close are dope. you to finishing Moby Dick? Oh, Matt, I'm on like chapter 120. I'm so close. All right. Listen, you can feel like everybody knows that it's trouble on this boat. Okay. All right. Have you have you read Moby Dick, Will? Absolutely not. Okay. Same. I right. I got to the church where he took a full chapter to describe a painting, and I was like, uh, Mate. I'm out. <laughs> I cannot well, there's it. a really good chapter near the end because I'm close to the end, and so I can say that uh, where they are, they go past another boat, and that boat's a party boat, and everybody's having a really good time, and and the guy's like, "Come to our boat, we're having a party," and Ahab's like, "No, this is the bad times boat," and everyone's like, "Oh, <laughs> we can't go." Guys, I'm having so much fun reading it, even though I don't read it for months at a time. But then I come back and I read a bunch of chapters, and I'm like, "This guy was onto something, Melville." He's talking about life. Um, I, mean, it's- I, I hope to have it finished by 2024, by the out- time this episode posts. But no promises. <laughs> anyway, I have added New Millennium Boys to my Amazon wish list. So there we go. Let's keep it going and talking about, I think we all agree. We have Symphony. fused our armor back together and we're it's ready back to together. get back in the fight, guys. That's right. And we're going to talk about being invisible. Got an aching head, echoes and buzzing noises. I know the words we say, but wish I could have turned our voices down. This is not black and white, only organized confusion. I'm just trying to get it. Oh, fuck off. No, no, that got past. That, that's final? That's your final draft? It's not black and white. No, it's just organized confusion. Organized confusion. He brings that that part back. He says the black and white thing, but he changes up the second half. Yeah, all right, man, all right. I'll man, keep going to get to this chorus. But holy moly, wow! I'm just trying to get it right, and in spite of all I should have done, I was not mad at you. I was not trying to tear you down. The words that I could have used. I was too scared to say out loud If I could not break your fall I'll pick you up right off the ground If you felt invisible I won't let you feel that now Invisible Please welcome to the stage your speaker for the evening it's corporate worship music. Totally. This is, is a, like, ladies and gentlemen, here he is. He's been backstage. Gary V, get him out there. I got to tell you guys, this just makes me think that the fall lineup on ABC is going to be really good. This new season of uh, Abbott Elementary looks amazing, and this new season of Grey's Anatomy. It doesn't matter that Meredith is leaving. It looks like there's still plenty of drama going on at the hospital, especially with Invisible Plane. Because I feel like, I, you know, what really what it comes down to, guys, is that we're talking about things being black and white, but also invisible, but also falling down. But most importantly, get it back up. 
my my know, family is covered in food. <laughs> when this song started up, I was like, okay, this is the worst one. But I know the <laughs> there's next song no, there's, it's not the worst one. It's uh, not the worst one. Also, I love. I love any time, you know, we've you know, we've having a lot of guests on the show the last year and it's always fun to me when the guests suggest the album and then a bad song comes up and they look really upset about it and I'm like, You pick this. You, <laughs> yeah. sir, slid in my DMs and said, We gotta do one more light. So it was very funny to watch you be like a li- briefly debate like, Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? No, no, no. I'm Not I'm best I'm... new music pitchfork. What am I doing? <laughs> No, I'm I'm obsessed with this album in a very sick, twisted way. It's but you know it's funny though, like the fact that you sent me that tweet this morning and that kind of changed everything for me. It's like I feel like Mike knows. He mm-hmm. feels the same way we do. And he knew before it even came out. Yeah. But he was but then he tried to like play it, either play it down or or just be like, I'm being self deprecating. Our new album's actually yeah. gonna be sick. It would have been funny if they had just made like another like generic rock record. Like nothing terrible but nothing great and then you mm-hmm. look at that and be like it would, wouldn't even be a blip but the fact that this one ends up as bad as it is and the, and that even people who because at that point i think i mean i didn't really look up reviews for the hunting party or the other ones but i think people were kind of like we get lincoln park we know and we're not going to knives out on them you know no, there's no reason it's like yeah punching down you know yeah like, and it was yeah. interesting to like even read like new york times like reviews of some of these songs after Chester had died. And even then they're like, oh boy, no, like, like they critically, they were, they couldn't come around. Now I will say going through song meanings, which we haven't really div- dive into too much, just because so much of the comments are, this is Chester talking to us from beyond the grave. These are Chester's feelings. Even it's though, like I said, fucking heavy. It is. All these it's- things are there. You, you, you can, you can imprint it however you want. So people have definitely taken onto this album and we haven't even gotten to like the song, you know, that really is carried through for this album of how people feel about it. The most interesting thing though, was that they truly, truly did commit to this record on tour. They only toured it for a couple months, but they played, I'd say 70% of this album live. Like this wasn't like, yeah. and, and I can only imagine you're going to see Lincoln Park, and you're like, "Boys, get in the car." We're, yeah, I want to hear. We're gonna hear crawling. Paper cut. We're gonna paper cut. I want to hear crawling. Exactly. I want to hear all. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I will pull up. I don't have it in front of me. I will pull up one of their their last set lists. It's it's gonna rock your world. Yeah, Matt. I'm, go ahead. So I'm I'm thinking in my head. All right. So Hybrid Theory comes out 2000. Correct. Yep. All right. So this comes out 2017. So I'm thinking about a, you know. 14, 15 year old in 2000 gets hybrid theory full on in to Lincoln Park. Now he's older. He has maybe a kid at 24. So like now he's got like a seven year old and he buys the new Lincoln Park and that kid hears it and they're like, this is my favorite band. I love this Lincoln Park. And the dad's like, oh, no. Well, I'm just thinking of the reverse of what happened with me and my dad when I got Hybrid Theory. You know, dad's driving home. We're going to check out the new Lincoln Park album. And it's like, let's not listen to this in the car, please. Right. On the way from Best Buy. Because I I feel like these songs are very broad and super vague that you can hang your hat on wherever you want in these songs. Like, it's true. Like, you know, hey, we're going to get knocked down, but we're going to get back up again. And then it can be a wide brim hat, right? Like anywhere you want. And then, uh, you know, some things are bad, 
they make you mad, <laughs> might make you sad, but then you'll be glad that we did this together. So, like, I can see a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old being like, I don't know, I think this new Linkin Park al- album is the best one. And they're now in their 20s and are like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. This album rules. Well, it's weird, too. I think you got to think about, like, I'm, again, I'm, I'm guessing you guys have talked about this over the years on the podcast, but, like, it's just a completely different media landscape of, like, silos of mm. social media and like first album came out it's on mtv all the yeah. time mtv all the time it just does not exist anymore and like the the album still hit number one right but right. it has at zero at best cultural significance the significance is that it's the last one and then chester died yeah. that's yes. really seems to be the tall and short of it i will say lyrically linkin park were never exactly like poets you know, so I feel like there's a lot of lyrics on here that I think if you just took that guitar out of the soup, okay, dried it off, riffed it up, put it on top of some of these other ones, we'd be like, eh, lyrically this ain't so great, but they're ripping. So I'm and not going to give be Chester mad about it. a chance to, you know, do what he does. Like let him scream a yeah. little bit, please. Yeah. If he's screaming, then it probably, it probably would hit a little better. I don't know. I, I think Chester, yes, one thing, but also we got to get Brad back in there. Like you gotta mm-hmm. let Brad cook. You get, I mean, he did cook, unfortunately. He did. But he made a soup instead of a <laughs> instead of a steak. Yeah, that's really that's what. It did. Like pizza, I don't know what, but <laughs> yeah. bring it bring it back. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's interesting was in the research for the hunting party, the drummer, which I believe is Rob, broke his back drumming the hunting party because it was so intense. The songs were so intense. Will you're shaking your head. You're shaking your head. But this is what they're saying. And then you hear this song, which has the little marching band drums that you that they teach you in ninth grade, you know, simple, simple roles. Like I could do those. And yeah, yeah. And I'm like, is this because Rob broke his back that they were like, we gotta take it easy? It all comes back to like we can't play hard drums anymore. We got to tone everything back. We got to bring it. Rob broke his back. I made him a soup. It's got guitars in it. He won't eat yeah, like, it. I was like, here, Grandpa, we can give you some soup. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, ACDC is putting out another record that sounds like high voltage. Exactly. Yeah. Matt and I once did a game of ACDC roulette where Matt just played me songs and I had to guess what year they were from. You can't, you can't tell. They all sound like they could be from 2012. Or 1977. I'm sure they have a very steady fan base who are still buying their CDs at Best Buy, mm-hmm. but no one's talking about it in Pitchfork Media or anything like that. That's true. But very true. Um, songmeanings.com, I just wanted to point this out. Uh, Zane717 said, this song is simply awesome and the first ever romantic song recorded by Linkin Park. Mark, Mike Shinoda's voice is fabulous AF. This song is about the view of a boy on his girlfriend. Heard it just after it was uploaded. So they were hitting some kids. And um, Matt, I know you love a little disagreement in the comments. Oh, I do. So someone came back. Their name was Adam Arts with a Z. And they said, Zane 717. This song was written by Mike about his kids. And Zane said, oops, I misunderstood the lyrics. Thanks for the correction, buddy. I love this song. Have a great day. Problem resolved. And then... That was on May 11th, 2017. 
on April 13th, 2021, I'm your 555, I'm 666, <laughs> said, no problem. If you want to interpret it as a love song, then by all means, go ahead. It's your opinion, winky emoji. They weren't talking to you, I'm your 555, <laughs> I'm your 666. They weren't talking to you. What are you doing? It was Adam Arts. That's, that's your comment or someone commented that's, that? That's all songmeanings.com, people. That's not us. Even the last little bit you just said? Yes. No, that was not us. Not us. Okay. I'm wondering, yeah, it could have been someone like, it's been five years. I lost my password to song meanings. I make a new account. Mm, Couldn't recover the old account. Yeah. Yeah. My security questions are outdated. I don't don't have that email anymore. That's that's a very good point. Just to throw another wrench into the comment section. Listen, listen. Sometimes any means necessary to get back into the song meanings comment section to give someone your opinion. They're five well, years is, after they're the just, fact. They're just like, fuck! <laughs> Run. Well, this is, um, brings up something about Hotline as well I want to talk about, which is, um, you may not know this, but for a very long time of this band's existence, we did not have any music on any streaming services except for YouTube. I uploaded the entire record as one long video to YouTube, our last record. And everyone was like, why isn't this on Spotify? Why isn't this on Apple Music? And I'm like, dude, there's no comment section. I need to see the comments. I need to see people talking about it. That's one reason. But uh, I love comment sections. So. Well, okay. All right. Yeah. The comment section, I will, I will tell you, when we started the pod, Jenny said to me, she said, we'll do this pod. But I'm not going to look at the comment section. I don't want anything to do with it. And then as time gone on, on we we you know gained our listeners and they are very nice and we have respectful disagreement and we talked about all that. But the the, the comment section can get very fraught. Um, we once you know we once encountered Cure fans on Reddit. They were very mad at us. Very did not like okay. us. They're very upset. And yeah, every now and again, I mean, I mean, we've been accused in the comment section of being rich because we do this pod. And I we're false. yeah, but we're not very false. So, uh, very false. <laughs> We, well, number one, we are. You can just tell by this pod that our business acumen is through the roof. So we've figured <laughs> out exactly how to monetize this thing. Yes. Well, actually, another thing I want to say is I, I did notice. Um, I don't know if you guys posted about this appearance or something. There was some comment I saw somewhere. I think when I was doing my Joy Tactics appearance, I mentioned the Roach Coach and I. Yeah. Someone commented something about, oh, Will only thought there was a few good episodes or something like that. Or, you know, what I'm oh, yes. About? Yeah. 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 You, 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 you said on the pod, you said, yeah, they got a couple good apps. And we were, we've been loving that we, comment. I love since. that comment because it's I like, love it. this is what, episode 395? I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. pretty fair. A couple good apps. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even mean it that way. I don't, I don't remember my tone when I said it, but like, I've only heard a couple episodes and I thought they were good whatever else do is good that's all we, I meant well we were dumbfounded that you had even found our podcast so we, we were we, like we, if, if we may ask how did you find our podcast I, honestly i think i found it because I'm, I'm not a big podcast guy i don't listen to tons of podcasts my podcast diet is pretty much like once a year i'll have a this american life phase if i'm on a road trip by myself um i listen to classic love line and like classic art bell the best but that's about it and then like if something big like uh, oh um, cereal, like I'll, just to be in tune with what's going on, you know, I'll listen to that. Yeah. But then once in a while, I'm like, I want to hear someone talk about Papa Roach. 
I want to hear someone talk about Limbiscuit, and I just typed in probably one of those band names, and that's how I found Roche Coach. There it is. I mean that that is that is we've had a lot of people find us that way. So people found us Static X. I feel like a lot of people would type in Static X and have found us through our many Static X episodes. Um, Wisconsin, Wisconsin natives. Uh, there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I don't know. I've, I probably just wanted to hear people talk about significant other. That's it. And it's a great episode. I really love that episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That is uh yeah, that's one of uh that's one of our faves then. I, I think just to give a little little further compliment, I don't know who said it. Um but it's so on the nose is like the um the end of the first song in significant other when the guitar goes you were talking about that, and I was like, "That's exactly why they're different than Corn, because they're like they have that playful energy that Corn just takes itself so seriously." And I love that about Limp Bizkit, that they were goofballs. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that, that is what converted me to being a diehard Rush Kush fan. Thank you. There it is. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Well, this is a perfect segue into our next song, <laughs> which is called "Heavy," featuring <laughs> Kiara. Like my mind right now Stacking up problems that are so unnecessary Wish that I could slow things down I want to let go but discomfort in the panic And I drive myself crazy Thinking everything's about me Yeah, I drive myself crazy Cause I can't escape the gravity So this song is one of two Chester co-writes on the album. This was the first single from the album. Kind of let everybody know that things were... I mean, the thing about this is that this could be, yeah, a duet, Rihanna and Chris Brown or something. Rihanna and Drake, you know, something like that. That has that same tenor. But it's, it's, I mean, it sounds like a, a pop song featuring Chester. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So that's what and his voice sounds great on this song. Yeah, hit all the notes beautifully. He's a great singer. Um, you might have seen me when the song started. I went like this again. Mm-hmm. It's just like I can't believe this is Lincoln Park. Right. But I do still think this might be the one of the best songs in the album. But it, you know, just forgetting it's Lincoln Park for a second. So I wrote in my notes that I said, if I really think if this had been released under another name, people would have had no issues with it. If this had been Kiera yeah. featuring Chester, people would have been like, oh, yeah, he's stretching Have out. you heard that Kiera with Chester? Chester oh, song? Chester yeah. from Linkin yeah. Park? Mm-hmm. That would have been cool, I think, yeah. for people. But since this is Linkin Park, you're in that faint mindset. You're in the... Shut up when you're talking to me. Talking to me. Exactly. It just feels like a total head scratcher. But you could argue... You could that they were ahead of the curve in how kids now don't even think about genre and just listen to everything because that is that is what I'm finding is that people it used to be oh I listen to everything just meant like you know you've got like two CDs in your car and you don't really give a shit but now it's literally like I listen to 
Playboy Cardi, and I also listen to John Coltrane and Power Trip and whatever, you know, all over. Everything's merged together. We don't care. Uh, this is me playing huge devil's advocate right but No, now. there's there's a part of me that when I heard this, I was like, did Jack fucking Harlow bite this album? Yeah. yeah. I was. I hear, I hear some bits of that. I hear some bits of like, um, that there's a band called Fun, period. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, that. Yeah. But the kind of the reverse synths in the in the chorus, like there's some cool tricks on this this song. I think I do remember hearing this song on the radio when it came out a little bit, to be honest. Um, if I heard anything from this album before I took a strange deep dive into it, I think it was this song. So Yeah. Um on songmeanings.com, ninety percent of the comments are all posted on the day of around uh, when Chester had died. Uh, but this one is from April 28th, 2017. So pre that, and it says, I don't really get why people are criticizing the genre change. Feel the music and feel the text. It's not how it's sung. It's the emotion fueled by the song itself. In the case of Heavy, it's literally screaming. Ask someone with depression or an anxiety-based illness to listen to it and try to discuss genre with them. Wow. That's, yeah. you know what, Matt? That's a got em. That is a that's a world class Gotham because I'm sitting yeah. here dumbstruck, but I mean yeah I I guess this brings that question into my mind of like did I want something else from Lincoln Park and it is Lincoln Park's right to want to do something else, but it's like my expectation being met with this as a fan is like what what are you doing but. You know, there's plenty of other examples of artists that have radically changed their sound and totally broadened their audience and brought in brand brand new legion of fans that, you know, hey, those first three records are the ones that are for you. And these new records are the ones for the new fans. And that's just how it is. But I'm like, but did I want that from Lincoln Park? That's the part that's kind of killing me on this is like. I don't. I mean, yeah. Look at, look at the new uh, Andre 3000 record. I mean, it's like yeah. very radical departure from what everyone wanted from him. I'm well, not everyone, but most of his fans probably wanted from him. And I think the new album is amazing. And it's like some artists kind of are given that leeway to do whatever they want, and some are not. I mean, I think that's the hard part. Is like, and this is shitty because it sounds cold, and it's like I don't look at. Lincoln Park in the same way that I look at Andre 3000 and I don't know if that's because the media presented them a certain way and again this new metal thing that we've attached to the band as a moniker is it's as much as we do this show about it we understand like a lot of people hear new metal I mean fuck we just talked about I'm, I'm swearing a lot I don't know why but we just talked about do the, it do the, it Matt we just talked about the Limp Biscuit dates right and we put it out there and we're like hey Limp Biscuit's touring don't know if you saw this and like, even in those comments, there's like, no, thank you. You know, it still very much gets met, met with either indifference or like, no, why would I ever go see that? But then like, there's still people, they're still in this enterprise called Lincoln Park. They wanted to do something different. They're well within their rights. But I think all of us are just like, yeah, that didn't work. But then it yeah. becomes their last one, which Lauren and, and that's, that's another lens to look at. And, and now it's through. like, well. How can I be, you know, I don't know. It, it just, I'm, you said it at the beginning and now I'm feeling it. I'm fucking baffled. I'm just like, I don't know. 
I don't know where we were going from here. And if you if you made another record post this one, would it be like the apology tour of like, don't worry, we're going back to basics. Well, I think there's a there's a lot of things there that I I'm wondering about because like I think yeah, people you post the Limbiscuit dates now and people are just like, nah, I'm good on that. Even in your comments on the Roach Coach comments, probably yep. right. But like, I bet there would be people who um, would say, I mean, there's probably people saying this about, oh, the Hives are doing a tour this year. And it's like, dude, that was 20 years ago. I'm over it. Yep. But that's is that that's not garage rock and new metal. That's just like we're on the new stuff now. Yeah, maybe. I mean that. No, but, I think you're right though, because there are certain people that are going to like you get you get one album, two albums tops. You know, and it's you know what? I don't know if I told the story before. I saw Avril Lavigne in 2004. She was touring album number two. And at that show, I was probably 22. And these girls came up to me who were, I think they were in high, yeah, they were in high school. And they, I had a stroke shirt on. And they were like, oh, we love your shirt, da da da. And I was talking to them and I was like, oh, are you big Avril fans? Are you big whatever? And they're like, uh, we're here for nostalgic reasons. We're just album. We like the first album, but now we're like done. We're done. And I'm like, you're like 16. What are you talking about? Like, what, like, yeah, that's middle school stuff. We don't fuck with that anymore. We're just here because, yeah. you know, she's going to play the old stuff we know. You know, she's going to do that. We want to scream scene complicated. In exactly. Which, who doesn't? Who doesn't? I mean, yeah, even like I saw uh, Third Eye Blinds in like 2014. And like, I think every single per- they were playing their new album. Mm-hmm. No one cared. I mean, it's it's not exclusive to new metal or garage rock right. or pop. I think it's everything. There's very few bands that can transcend and have like mm-hmm. phases and long. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny you bring up that because I I'm a big Third Eye Blind fan. I'm a huge fan of the Jenks. I love them. And uh, uh, my buddy Brian went to see them on the, I think it was the anniversary tour for the self titled. And he thought they were just going to do like, like so many people do, a front-to-back run. Losing the whole year to God of Wine. And they opened with new stuff. And he was so furious that he left like five songs in. Because I guess they yeah. did that and then they did start playing the old stuff. But he was right. like mad that they even played anything from the new albums. It's weird. It's kind of like even like we just did these dates with Quicksand. And uh-huh. they did front-to-back slip. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, that's right. And that was cool. But then like the encore will do some like other new stuff and other old songs and then like you know a great example of a band who I think has transcended the decades in my opinion mm-hmm. is uh, Dinosaur Jr. You know they obviously have some classic albums earlier in their career but like I still love their new albums and I want to see their new songs like somehow I feel like it's one of the few bands that has been able to do it but they're also still doing like I just saw them in London. They did uh, "Where You Been" full album set, wow. and it's like, wow, okay. I don't know. It's, it's complicated. So I f- I found this is the final Lincoln Park set. The last one they did is full band, and uh, this is the rundown. They did twenty six songs. Holy! So if you went, you got it. They did seven songs from this album, but this is the opener. Talking to myself, burn it down. The catalyst wastelands that's the first four songs then one step closer then castle of glass good goodbye lost in the echo battle symphony new divide from the inside invisible waiting for the end we are now 13 tracks deep gentlemen (laughs) how many from the old albums two Uh, one right now we've right now uh one step closer 
That's it. We haven't heard any. New Divides, the Transformers song. Breaking the Habit. Okay. Now we're track four. Okay. One More Light. Crawling. Piano version. They did a piano version of Crawling. That sucks. Leave out all... (laughs) Yeah, it does. I mean, I'm trying to give them the the grades to like... That sucks. I would be pretty offended if I went to that show. Uh, so then they they did then they did leave out all the rest. Somewhere I belong. What I've done. In the end, faint. So they close the initial set with faint. The encore, sharp edges, acoustic, numb, heavy, paper cut. Close with bleed it out. What's bleed it out? What is bleed that it out is from minutes to midnight. It's basically the rocker from that album. Is it, is it good? I'd say it's. I I think when we did that album, Matt, you may remember this better than me. I think I said, "Oh, this is a pretty good one." I think the, this is a good re- song, and Jenny was like, "This is bad. This is not good," yeah, I and it. I never I want to hear it again. But yeah, that's uh, that's it's the it's the it's like Lincoln Park getting loose. Like they're mm-hmm. like, and the, and it's like you can hear like party sounds in the background, and and Shinoda's kind of like yelling his lines, like he's just like yelling over the people, and then it has a music video, and I do remember saying this: the music video is like this one where like they pitched it on paper, and they were like, "This is it. This is going to be iconic," and it's like a fight in reverse, but the band is like playing in the middle of the fight, and they're not in reverse. The effects aren't quite there. And the video just feels like a, it's just a, a weird churn. But yeah, it's it's the rock and party song, and I think it was I think it becomes something of a closing staple for them. Um, uh, but at the same time, though, they did seven songs from this album. Wow. Yeah, um, but still, I mean, I, I just think a band of that level. I, I do think there's. I mean, they didn't ask me for my opinion, but I think you do owe people that are paying those kind of prices like. He opened with a heavy hitting song. That's why we're here. That's why we're there for the old songs a little bit. Like pepper in some new songs here and there, fine. But like, I mean, they didn't ask my say this out loud. And I saw Kid Rock live probably 2016. So like way after Devil Without a Cause, but way before I am like, I I don't know if I like you anymore, Kid Rock. So like, opens Bawa Taba. Doesn't like does doesn't do the drop though. Goes into another song, halfway through the concert, Bawatabat comes back. Doesn't do it again. Three three quarters through the show, Bawatabat comes back, does it, brings the house down, and then decides yeah. to play every instrument that's on stage because I'm a kid rock. <laughs> He's been doing that his, his whole, whole like, thing. Yeah. His whole thing. His whole life. That's- I don't know. It's it's fan service, Star Wars kind of requests. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think he, I think they owe it to the fans a little. That's my opinion. I, but. Yeah, I mean, well, I, we Matt, you and I have seen Corn a couple times now, and Corn is they are they know why they're there. You're gonna yeah. get the hits. They give you they they will put one or two new songs in, but that's not even guaranteed. because yeah. I think we saw them. You've seen them three times now. I saw them once with you. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure... And the I'm only thing sure. that really changes is where they put Blind in the set. Mm-hmm. But Blind's yeah. either the first song, strangely the middle, or the closer. Like, yeah. Blind in the middle feels weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, the set list, though, like the uh, the Transformers song is kind of a funny one, too. The uh, Back to Lincoln Park set list. Um, mm-hmm. 
because I feel like that kind of became like a meme, like a TikTok thing yeah, years ago. That's right. Yeah, because people were putting it on the end of like, like yeah, rom coms or whatever. And stuff, yeah. 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 So, um, well, I think that's all we have to say about heavy. Let's keep it going. Yeah, Let's we got it. We got it. Uh, we got it. This next song is called "Sorry for Now." You know when you said Owl City, in my head I went, no fucking way. But my daughter, who's five, loves the song Hot Air Balloon and by Owl City, which is not a particularly great song, but it is what it is. Yeah. It's this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, wow. Yeah. It's like not as good as Owl City in my opinion. Like That's Shinoda, right? Yes. He's showing some different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing like the pitched up. Yeah. Like almost, I think Skrillex has done that. And like it's on a lot of, a lot of Drake songs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. That was very of the moment. Very. That's the thing that's funny about it is that it's that thing once again where they were like, we're going to do, we don't want to be the new metal guys anymore. We're going to, we're going to get current, but then they make something that now feels just as dated, if not more dated, you know, we're going to use that star slinger sound. Like, let's get that going. Star slinger. It's, it's chill wave actually. I feel like, which I do like, but it's like not in my, you guys can't do this. this. You're the fate guys. You're the fate guys. Uh, this is Shinoda's "Sorry About Touring All the Time" my family song. So this is uh, this is Shin- that? that that literally this song is uh, he Shinoda explained. This is from commenter songmeanings.com comments from May 6, twenty twenty one. So this is very recent. This person's name is Ryan one zero eight seven nine eight. Mike Shinoda explained this song on his solo tour was written about his kids. They were young and they don't understand why you're not there and you're sorry, but there will be a day that you will understand. Correct. I was there. He said it at his London roundhouse on March 10th, 2019. That's me reading how they wrote it. Uh, What's, what's that stain song, Matt home where he turns into the bird. Yeah. This is, this is his version of that. Are you familiar with that stain song home where he turns into birds or home sweet home by what Motley Crue? There's that one too. <laughs> I'm probably recognized if you played it, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, look, look it up in the video. It's a Fredders directed video. Aaron Lewis turns into a flock of birds. I highly recommend okay. it. I'm, oh, I, I, I have unbelievable. Seen it. Yeah, it's great. I, I, you guys, we're not going to get into it now. But have you talked about Fred and uh, Aaron's origin story at all? I'm sure we've covered it on the stained episodes. Must have done. I yeah. mean, because I remember that from like. In my early days of watching VH1, I said we're not going to get into it, but yeah. just real quick. Um, he, Fred, found them at a bar or yes. something in Florida and, like, initially was like, there's no way I'm putting this band out because they have a Bible with a knife. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just really random tidbit of somehow stuck with me all these years. I don't I'm going to work with these Satanists. Yeah, and because Fred is very pious, and you know. Yeah, and well, and, and then what? Mo- what years later? Not even a, a couple years later, he's on stage with Lewis saying, "This is the oh, real I, motherfucking deal." So I doubt it was even a year later. Yeah. I'm sure it was within months, but yeah. no, maybe not. But, well, but anyway, well, we we've talked about it that you know Fred's 
love of crooning on the later uh, LP uh, uh, Limbiscuit albums is because he really truly wishes he could be singing like Aaron Lewis, singing like mm. the guy in Cold. He loves that stuff. Like oh, so many does. of the bands that he signed sounded like that. That first Puddle of Mud album, you know, he's like, oh, I wish, wish I sounded like this yeah, guy. What you I, know? I love this. Same I thing. It was just like, dude, Limbiscuit, you guys are doing your thing. Just keep doing your thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, even like the, we were talking about Still Sucks. I feel like the first half of the album is I, I'm with all of it. Yeah. And then it does lose steam for me a little bit around track five or six. But anyway, we, we, we could talk about Still Sucks all night. We've got just a couple. This next song is called Halfway Right. I scream at myself when there's nobody else to fight. I don't lose, I don't win. If I'm wrong, then I'm halfway right. Used to get high with the dead end kids Abandoned houses where the shadows live I've never been higher than I was that So this is the Lonely Goat Herd from The Sound of Music? I am feeling the physician Lady Yoda, Lady Yoda, Lady Just slow down? That's fucked up. Awesome. There's something I I I missed something I wanted to talk about. Right, we'll pull it down. Time. I don't have much to say about this song. Okay. It's just it's just another bad song. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure you can correct me if I'm wrong. Heavy is the first and obviously last song to have a woman performing on a Lincoln Park song. I believe that's true. I don't I can't think they, of any other time. It says that on Wikipedia oh. it's their first song with a female singer or performer of any kind wow okay another little trivia little fact for it interesting I mean, that, that song um but also i was going to touch on um when i go when i went to apple music today to listen to the album again like i don't know if you guys use spotify or apple i use apple yeah and i use okay. spotify so, yeah. the landing page has like their what their focus album whatever the first thing they're trying to push and it's like it's a Mike Shinoda project, like a solo album. Yeah, oh, the evolution that? of Mike Shinoda. Yeah. What is that? I don't know about this. Yeah, it's, I am, it, it is going... a Fort Minor, Linkin Park, Mike Shinoda EP. So I'm I'm thinking. Oh, well, this... I, okay. It's a it's a best of. It's a comp. So okay. it's in okay. the end. Faint. Remember the name by Fort Minor. Bleed it out, Linkin Park in my head so it's like a playlist or something yeah. uh basically it looks like it looks like they released it as kind of a mike shinoda best of interesting i mean yeah it looks like it it the track listing runs as sort of like a reverse chronology so you get a new mike shinoda song then a mike shinoda duet of in my head and then bleed it out then remember the name from fort minor which predates that then faint then in the end so interesting Okay. I mean, the thing about it, have you have you listened to any of the Mike Shinoda solo stuff that he's put out since or any of it? I've heard Fort Minor, the one song that everyone knows. Okay. So, that's about it. so yeah. yeah, we did we did a Fort Minor app yep. and then I did listen to the solo record he put out after Chester died and it is it's like a I can only describe it as like just like a slab. Like it's just like the same type of beat and the same type of rapping for what felt like forever and just going and then he's sort of like 
he's mad in the way that Shinoda is mad, as we know. You know, you idiot! You know, that's the type of mad that Shinoda gets. But he talks a little bit about the frustrations about Chester dies, and now it's basically like, Shinoda, what does Shinoda do with his career now? Like, what is, you know, where does he go? But he doesn't quite, it's like, he's still too even keel. Like, even in this, like, despairing moment, I'm like, Dude, you can you can get mad. You can really put it out there. We're we're here for it. We want to hear how you are. And he's still like sanitized. He can't really. Yeah, he still can't really do it. Going going to the Lincoln Park page to pull up one more light and thinking like, okay, this is this is gonna be really bad. There's a Mike Shinoda thing over here. Hate this too. Don't know what this is, (laughs) but we're gonna go to this now. I mean, this song. I wrote in my notes that this is this feels like a very like scared straight song. This is the other. Chester co-write and it has it has this na 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 closer which feels I you know you could once again you could devil's advocate and say they're trying to evoke some sort of classic sound of uh, other songs that have utilized that but I don't know this one feels very clunky and I wrote these lyrics do stink Uh, (laughs) that was my that was my main note Um, Lincoln Park became your dad you don't don't do what I did getting high in the car which is the running thing a lot of giantly giantly what am i saying here now i sound like i'm in lincoln park um uh some pretty some pretty huge comments on song meanings where people really go in uh there's one that's like eight paragraphs from someone named the dominator that was written in may 19th 2017 where they're like breaking down lines and talking about what it means and links between uh, you know, is he driving his car in a metaphorical sense or a real car? And then at the end of it, they said, I'm no expert in song lyrics, so there's probably a lot more to be read into here. I was like, there it is. There he is. Love it. Love it. Well, Deflated at the yeah. end. Not to uh, give you any spoilers or anything, but to circle back on an earlier thing, I think the car metaphor might, might have some legs to it once you see the next Saw movie that Chester's in. All right, all right. We, I can't I, wait to. I can't. I can't wait to see this next song movie. I'm gonna bump it up. I was gonna watch some Oscar favorites, but nope. Uh, Sorry, May yeah. December. Take a break. I gotta watch Saw 3D. All right. Next up is the final single from the album. It's called One More Light. Before we get there, how respectful yes, of our time is this album? Matt, you're gonna laugh your butt off. <laughs> you're gonna laugh your little butt right off. All right. This album is 35 minutes and 19 seconds. Congratulations, Lincoln Park. You did it. That's not bad. Here's the thing. It feels twice as long. (laughs) When you listen to this album in your car, okay, this album might as well be three hours long. This album might as well be Avatar length. I'm just going to say, it feels endless. And then when it does end, you go, that's it? All right. Well, let's take a listen to One More Light. One More Light. get through one chorus okay but uh Thank you. 
He says flicker and quicker it's I just like don't like it <laughs> it's really unsettling but uh, i will say olivia who you met earlier she was listening to it for the first time and you know mm-hmm. the same thing that you guys and everyone else knows is that it's the last album before chester died mm-hmm. we all thought chester wrote the lyrics and she was just like this is gonna make me cry dude like this is like oh it would have i think on the day would have yeah of course but like this whole time i'm hearing this very very vulnerable moment of like chester and i guess brad playing guitar and i'm just kind of standing there like you know the kevin james meme that's gone around where he's just kind of like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's how i feel the whole time i'm just kind of like i don't want to be here so here's the thing that's crazy about this song one chester didn't write it shinoda wrote it with someone named francis white okay second delson doesn't play guitar in it what eg white plays guitar and piano on this song this is such a mysterious album dude you've got delson making soup and you're like nah it's cool (laughs) we don't we're not on this one and the thing for me on this song is that i remember the first time i heard it thinking thinking about what is the name it was this it was like a b-side but it was like everyone was so lincoln park crazy for hybrid theory that they were like going into these beasts. My December. You remember that one? Yeah. Yes. Well, I do. Yeah. I got that. Totally got it off Napster like before. Yes. Anywhere. I was obsessed with it. Everybody. Yeah. Cause everyone was like, we need more Lincoln park. Give us anything, something, anything. I and I remember yeah. my December. I remember it was a guy I knew and from high school and he was like, I, I think I ran into him in like one of those, like uh, uh pre Thanksgiving bar meetups or something. And he's like, my December man, this song fucking blows. He's like, there's barely even a song. They're just giving people, like, people just want, and they'll just take anything. You know, and I was like, maybe, but, I mean, it kind of hits. But then, so I hear this song. I remember hearing this song for the first time and going like, oh, okay, this is like a My December situation again. But this chorus does not work for me. And for me, it's the, who cares if one more light goes out? Well, I do. The well I do I feel like it should be longer or shorter or it should hit. It's, it doesn't hit. It's like, it's like, well, I do. And I'm like, well, what? That's the take. And it feels, I remember telling this to Jenny at a party recently. I was like, it feels like this was like the demo. And then they were like, we love how rough his voice sounds. We don't want to clean it up. We don't want to have him come back in. This is the one. Wow. Hmm. It's the way the song works. I think if the chord changes, who Brad's not playing. I don't know who. E.G. E. E. White. So E.G. White and Francis White are the same person. Uh, okay. So got two points on that well, one. Well, you, you, put, you put the guitar in his hand. He right. Francis he's E.G. White. E.G. Yeah, baby. If he's yeah. producing, he's Francis White. Uh, That's insane. The, Will, you don't, you don't do that? You don't like when you're producer chair? You're I not do, like... actually. Well, if you have the physical copy, which you do. Yeah, Matt does. Matt does. You, pull it up right now. You'll see some credits on there. If, I don't know if you've unsealed it yet. Don't open it. It's going to lose value. Oh, Matt, Matt, Matt plays them. Matt plays them. Yeah, I play. I mean, I, I've 
I sleeve. I double sleeve. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm just well. Yeah, the hype sticker is still on there. I see. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving that. this on. Yeah, because I want the uh, the third man. So, totally. and well, yeah, because I we, I like I got to make all the decisions by the way, and we like uh, condensed the guitar world quote, which is like a really long sentence into just like dot 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 beautiful dot dot dot. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. So, I, third man gave me the zine. Oh, nice. Yep. yep. So I got That's... I got the. Uh, Handmade by the band, and then I got the the newspaper poster. Yeah, wow, this is see we're going into the plug already. Hey, I man. love it. I love I'm, it. I'm not going to bullshit. I I really really like this album. I, I think it's you. awesome. And, and um, Matt, I'm yeah, I'm Pete. as I've already established, like I I really dig this. I'm a big Starflyer fan, and this took me back. Like I re-listened to Gold after I listened to this, and I was like. I love this, and I'm so happy to hear stuff like this. So, yeah. I, I, Thanks, man. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a crazy coincidence when you showed up on the pod talking about our show because literally Matt had just been telling me, you got to check out Hotline TNT. And I was like, cool, cool, add in my list. And then my buddy Ryan, uh, who's yeah. a local musician in Michigan uh, in Detroit, he was like, he texted me literally like the day before. I was like, you got to hear this Hotline TNT record. And I was like, all right, everybody, get off my back. I'll listen. And then you – you talked about it since the show. And I'm like, oh, I'm definitely listening now. Crazy coincidence. Yeah, it's yeah. Crazy. and I, I know that you've been you've been for a long time uh, the band and had the weed before, but like honestly, I, I'm not going to pretend that I oh I've been listening. To you. No, I, uh, I I looked at Third Man's releases because I do collect and I love it. And I saw this, and then I, I put on, I pulled it up the singles, and I listened. And I thought you'd change, and I was like, "Yeah, I, this is this is." As you said yeah. earlier, it was like, "Oh, did they make a song for you?" Yeah, they did. They so like <laughs> this is music to my ears. So I really cool. I mean, yeah, I think the the new metal influence might be a little more obscure on this album, but if you go back to the one before, "Had to Try" is like a straight up new metal riff in my opinion i was going for it okay awesome all right. and i think one of my favorite songs we've done all right. so um all right check that out. so matt you got those credits out oh i'm looking at them right now let's see so yeah the the performers on the album i think it says like will anderson flip sandy dj big poison yes you see that there's like a square yep yep flip yeah so what i don't even know i can't read it very well but flip slim will click click dj big poison those are all me, with the exception of Click. That's the drummer, Mike. But he also didn't actually play on the album. Every note is played by me on the album. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Look at that. Cool. I, I like cool. that you put, uh, like how you put your hands up at the end, like, these hands. These hands. Did it all. These hands. These hands. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go now. <laughs> <laughs> see, you, see you guys later. Uh, if they cut the flicker lines and the if they cut those two out of there and just elongated the well i and even if he just like said do that feels more powerful but like something about the way he says flicker and quicker just really just like please uh it's, it's gross, gross song craft like you already had it everything was here yeah uh, yeah no too much too much okay so um i have I have a quote from Shinoda. Uh, he said uh, that One More Light was written with the intention of sending love to those who lost someone. Now we find ourselves on the receiving end. In memorial events, art videos, and images, fans all over the world have gravitated towards this song as their declaration of love and support for the band and the memory of our dear friend Chester. We are so very grateful and can't wait to see you again. So this song has now become 
some kind of yeah, basically like Chester epitaph of, of a kind. Um, yep. And it, but it is one of those things where it's like I, a weird coincidence that this song kind of works in that way. Yeah. And and I but it's also that thing of like Chester dies after making, you know, faint. And it's like well, it doesn't quite hit the same way. You're not going to work it that way. Uh, there is a comment from uh, Vandex is the commenter from May 20th, 2017. It's one of the greatest song that I have ever heard from Linkin Park. Based on my opinion. This is a song about life. Who cares when someone's time runs out if a moment is all we are? Very deep meaning. So wonderful. This is a very nice song, but at the same time, it's a very sad song. You did it, Vandex. You covered it. You covered it yeah. all. And here we are, the final song of this album, which I cannot wait to hear what your bandmates thought of this one when you played it in the guy. <laughs> it's yeah. called Sharp Edges. So you thought I couldn't get any crazier. A road, a road, a road, a road. Talking. Mama always told me, don't you run. Don't you run, Mrs. Resign. You're gonna hurt someone. Mama told me, look before you leap. Always think before you speak. Watch the friend you keep. Stay along the beaten path. Never listened when she said Sharp edges have consequences I guess that I had to find out for myself Sharp <laughs> edges have consequences Now every scar is a story I can tell yeah. Right down there, I don't know So let me up when this is over this is Lincoln Park. Guys. This is the final Lincoln Park song. Guys, I want to take you to um I want to take you back to uh Barclay Card Arena in Birmingham, England on July 6, 2017. You've just watched Lincoln Park play faint. It's the 21st song they've done all night. And you're like, finally, they fuck it. They did in the end into faint. And they said, All right, good night, everybody. And then your friend's like, no, 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 no. They're Encore's coming. Encore's coming. Encore's coming. The band now comes back do. out and they do Sharp <laughs> Edges acoustic. 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 Which means it was probably lighter than this version. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow. This is to go. Let's start with Paper Cut. This is the first song on their first album. And this is the last song on their last album. Oh, Paper Cut to Sharp Edges. Will you, just, what happened? Will you just cracked it wide open with that one? <laughs> what happened? Um, I got point A to point B, but what happened in the middle? Well, you know what? For one, they said we got one song left. We need to put all the cliches in there. Mom always told me, "Don't run with scissors. You're gonna hurt someone. Look before you leap. Always think before you speak. Watch the friends you keep. Stay along the beaten path. Never listen when she said." They talk about House of Cards falling apart at one point. We all fall down. We live somehow. We learn that what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. I, my final note is this is corny. Yep. It's corny. But it's like, I think one of you guys said it earlier. I think we're judging these lyrics a little more harshly than we would have. I don't know if they're that different than the first two albums. But the way they're presented. And this is probably further than those two albums went. Even if it was 
had Brad's classic guitars on it. I still think this is pretty offensive, but I don't know if it's that different than like the lyrics were always kind of adolescent yeah. and mm-hmm. juvenile. Yeah. But this is pretty bad. Yeah. Well, uh, when you, yeah, when you basically, it's like, it's that thing of let's strip it down. And then when you strip it down, you're like, mm, not much skeleton very, here. Not, not, yeah, not. Let's, let's maybe not strip it down yeah. ever again. No, put it, put it, put some meat back on them bones. When this song ends and then the album just stops, I'm in my car and I'm like, that's it. That's yeah. how, that's it. Cause you keep thinking the, the thing is, is that you listen to this album and you think, they got to give me like one more rocker, right? They got to do something, anything. It's Linkin Park, and they it's don't. Very bizarre, very bizarre ending. It's this song reminds me of um, it's it's a it's a folk band that was big in the 2010s. What were they called? Mumford and Sons. Yes, this is Mumford and Sons. Well, I was like I, the hats, the hats. Hat. Let me let me see something. I have to see something, and I can be totally wrong. But I thought of Vici's Wake Me Up. And I don't remember how this song... Be- this is 2013. Feeling my way through the darkness Guided by a beating heart I mean, don't run with scissors. I, the I can hear it, yeah. I'm like... Maybe they were taking a big swing for this. I, think I can see that. I mean, but at the same time, though, it's it's still that thing of like, like, listen, guys, band meeting. Let's get everybody in here. Get a stool for Mr. Han. Great. All right. We're all sitting. Listen, you know how we've been like crushing? And Delson's like, yeah. It's like, what if we suck now? That <laughs> seems to be the only direction. What are we doing here? What is happening? I mean, like, I haven't heard the hunting party, but it sounds like even from there, this is a pretty wild departure from their last effort. Yeah, so. the hunting party. There's, there's some heat. I mean, I don't. I still think it's like they don't, they don't quite know how to like bring the, um, like the hooks aren't quite there the way they are on the first two records. But um, here, let me just see real quick. Um, Matt. Put yeah. on from the hunting party just for context. Um, God, these Wikipedia's are so long. Put on all for nothing. This is a song with Paige Hamilton. I'm like, okay. Okay, so to go from here to what we just heard, I'm confused again. If like that's a that was that was the last um that's that's from the hunting that's from the hunting party. It's the second song in the hunting party. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can still see like what they're going for with that one. Yeah, you know, in a way, it sounds like. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, even on that album, they've got they do a song with. Darren from uh, System of a Down. They're still bringing heat on that album. They have a song called War. You know what that's about, guys. You know what that's about. They're I'm not, hoping they're War. Not they're not fans. 
They're not fans. I'll tell you that much. So that's that's it. Perfect timing, guys. Perfect timing. Do you want to give any final? Can we do like a wrap up? Oh, that's exactly Plus. where we are. Uh, and now we reach the part of the show where cannon talk. Talking about the canon. Will, you're our guest on the show. We always talk about whether or not this album belongs in the new metal canon. What do you think? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you guys. I mean, you know what new metal is. You Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> I'm going to say a big no. Well, no. Lincoln Park's no. last album. I think it's like symbolically it's important. Oh, you mean the last album? The one that, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. The whole time. I was thinking about the band. But oh. The ab- album, How absolutely not. Canon? Because it's the it's like the worst album ever made for one. And two, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like an embarrassment to what Lincoln Park has made and done in this world. And so we just met, yeah, we were talking about this for the last hour. It's, like it's like so <laughs> depressing how like that's their legacy. Yeah. We didn't even talk about genre tags on Wikipedia for this album are pop, pop rock, electro pop and electronic rock. What are we doing here? I don't hear, is there one guitar on the whole record? There is. There is. Okay. There is one, one. Is it acoustics though? Or is there any like riffs? There's no riffs. There's no riffs. There's, no. There's absolutely no riffs. Okay. Then it's not, new metal is riffs. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, all right. So that's out. I um, I wrote in my notes that when this album came out, I thought it stank, uh, but now it has been forced to be reassessed as Chester's last will and testament, and carries some unfortunately heavy, no pun intended, themes. Can it be extracted from this context? Um, no, I don't think it can. I, I think we just tried to. Yeah. Ben, so yeah. We can do it. So yeah, my ultimate take is that if you're driving around in your car or listening at home while eating dinner, it sucks. But if you are like sitting there and diving into like the impact, and certainly if you watch the video for One More Light, you're like, oh, this is, you know, the, the, the motion can hit. But um, yeah, if you just have it on and, you know, you didn't know it was it the sounds, last. You it sounds like fair use music. If, if, you, Ooh, wanna, damn. If, you, wanna, if you want to hear something, then you should listen to Dude, it's, that's it's, what I've been it doing. It sounds like fair use music. Up. They play it like Staples or FedEx or Kinko's mm-hmm. or like a sushi restaurant down the block. Like that they just, the cheapest thing they could find. It's so bad. There. It's so wow, bad. Matt, do you have, Sorry, do you have do you have bad. anything to add to that? <laughs> you can go off a little bit. Go off. Oh, I just want to hear this. Oh, oh thank you. Oh, thank now you. we're talking. Now we're talking. On, give it to him. Mm. I told Olivia. I told him that you wanted to cry at the end. I think she might have a dissenting opinion here. No, but she's saying she likes it. She's not. Let her talk. Let her talk. I did not say I like the record at all. I just think it's like maybe extremely unlistenable. But, you know, historically, I think it, it, it's discredit to ignore the fact. Like, you can't just pretend it doesn't exist because this is their last album. This is the last thing he put out in the world before he died. I feel like, and I think new metal is all about these, like, men's suffering. Like, I think that's, like, the thing that you, every new metal band is about, like, you know. Like, that's, all, that's how they all became friends, I think. That's, like, the common thread between... She might have just cooked. Wow. Yeah. She's, she's, she's cooking. She's cooking. So like, so like rich person <laughs> suffering and trying to write like a pop record. Like it doesn't sound like real suffering. But Chester does did have a very troubled life from I mean, the beginning. All of the, song, like, from the, the songs you like are the same. It's like the same lyrics. But as, that's they're, a, that's they're angstier though. They're way angstier. But as we also pointed out, Chester didn't write 80% of these songs. Yeah. Which is also insane. Yeah. He that. came in he came in late the- and just was like, Oh, what do you got for me, Shinoda? And then parroted it out. 
I also the one time like so, so I heard phoned it in is what you're I heard one guitar part and I was like, okay, Brad is playing a guitar, and then they were like, oh, Brad didn't even play guitar on the song. No, way. <laughs> I was like, what? E.G. White did. E.G. Yeah. White, dude, it's uh, so sad. It's like such a depressing listen. Not in the not in like an Elliot Smith or Nick Drake way, in like a generally just like, like this is the, so like sad that someone made this. Yeah, but yeah, all that to say, I don't know. All right. Yeah, I, I'm, I, a, I'm, I'm definitely a no. I feel, but I do understand the emotional impact that it has post the passing of Chester. Where it's like, I mean, if I would have heard that song, even with the that double repeating of those words, that was kind of like, I don't even remember. I blocked them from my brain. Flick, flicker and quicker, man. Flicker, flicker, flicker and quicker. Cut, yeah. cut those. And emotionally, I know that I would have been like deep in my feels. When I listen to that song, not today, but like when you do listen to that song and you do think about it, but there's still like Linkin Park has the right albums in the canon. In the body, in their body of work, it will always be an important record. But I come back to what we said at the beginning. It is a baffling record of which I do not know what they were going for. <laughs> it is bizarre. Guys, it's baffling. Like, I didn't even have to hear it in the car at all. Today. Yeah. Um, no, we I, might I, run I, it one more time tomorrow. One more time. I mean, like the reason that, like I told you guys in the beginning, I don't know the other albums after Meteor, but for some reason I heard this album and it's so insane that I played it for everyone I know. And that's where, that's why we're here. Here we are. Well, that does bring us to the end of another episode of Roach Coach. Will and the whole Hotline TNT team, thank you so much for coming on. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, yeah, this episode's going up in January. I, I assume the tours continued around the world yeah. into space. Where you guys? Where, what, what's twenty twenty four looking for? Looking for um, some things. I'll tell you some things I can't tell you just yet. Sure, sure. But um, we are in January. We're going out with this band called Wednesday. We'll be on the East Coast and in the South. I don't know if you're going to be anywhere near those places. I, I mean, ironically, I live an hour north of Louisville, um, where you will be well, tomorrow. Louisville tomorrow. Yes, you know yeah, that. but yeah, I know, but yeah, but I have my son tomorrow night, so I will not. Uh, I can. He's all ages. He can come. <laughs> Let me tell you, this boy. <sighs> Picky motherfucker. Let me tell you. How right. old is he? He's, he only likes the last only likes the last. No, no, uh, no. He's he's very persnickety. He only wants that record. No, anytime, anytime. I think I got him pegged. I think I got something that he likes. He flips on me, and he's like, "No, no, no. I hate that." For there was a minute where I thought he really liked the first Silver Chair album, and I was really? like, "Okay, good," because I was trying to get out of like the Thomas the Train, all that stuff. And then I put on the second Silverchair album, and he was like, "This ain't the Frog album. Get this shit out of here!" Like he was done. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, there was a minute where I thought I got him into the 1975, and then he was he was out on that. He pieced out on that. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he. Yeah, he 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 he's very picky. He's incredibly picky. And I was bummed I, I missed you at Third Man because I'm in Detroit, but I also oh, it's okay. It's my okay. daughter, my um, daughter's five, and yeah, I. Children. This dad Listen, likes guys, to be home. I do like to be the, home with my these children. They kid. will they will destroy your life. What are you? I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I have baby fever myself, so I'm oh. looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're gonna be doing the tour with Wednesday, and then we're supposed to do a U.S. headlining tour in March. But when you finish recording, I'm gonna tell you something off the record um, mm-hmm. that might interrupt that plan. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, with that though, I think 
yeah, more tours. We're going to record eventually next year. But Awesome. Will, this has been a true pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, everybody, keep on saying hello to us online. Yes, of course. Yes. Get cartwheel. Get cartwheel. Get it. Get it. It's really good. Get it. It's great. Listen to it. Thank you so yeah. much. And yeah, keep saying hello to us online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, or Roach Coach on all those. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, Matt, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Will, thank you. Follow the bottom. <laughs>